This is the Joy of Geek. Welcome to the Joy of Geek Podcast, episode 55. I'm Rich Lepore and... Kevin Schaefer. And we are here to talk about the big one, The Last Jedi. It is here, Kevin. It is. Uh, We've seen it, and I'll be going back for many more viewings this week and in the weeks to come. It's uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty impressive. And what's really interesting, actually, is how divisive it is. Oh gosh, I mean, I I mean, there are people who say it, put it below the prequels right now, and then people like us who loved it. That's so, that's yeah, really amazing. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll talk about all the things we loved about it, yeah. which is most things. A yeah. couple things we weren't super impressed with, sure. but um, that is going to be our main event. And because it's such a big deal and such a celebration, we are going to mainly focus on that and our review of uh, The Last Jedi for this episode. Um, however, we are also um, going to do something a little interesting beforehand, and that is right here. Um, I am going to, uh, well, not, not right this second, but... We're going to talk about the Fox deal mm-hmm. um, because that is a really interesting thing that has to be discussed. Yeah, Fox yeah. and Disney. Yeah. Um, and discuss sort of our thoughts on that as our new segment. Um, and then without talking about anything like what we've been watching or anything like that, we're just going to go right into Last Jedi. However, there's a twist. And that is before uh, we go into our actual sitting down here in the comic shop giving our deep in-depth review – we are, I'm going to upload something that we recorded right after leaving the theater. Yeah, in the uh, car on the way home. Yeah. There's something magical about when you see uh, a movie like this, um, and it just has just a tremendous impact on you, and you have that electricity when you leave the theater. Um, with the best movies, that's the experience that I have. Right. Um, and so we just hit record, and we went for about 10 minutes yeah. on what we thought of it. And this was before we talked to anyone, looked at anything online to see what people were saying. This was totally our first-hand impression, um, so, and so that makes it, you know, all the more authentic. Um, so what we'll do is we'll talk. We'll talk a little news. Then we're gonna. I'm gonna uh, queue up talking about uh, that that clip. Yeah. Um, and then from there we'll uh, we'll take off on a more formal review, and you'll sort of get our knee-jerk reactions as well as our more thought-out. Yep. Um, impressions. Yeah. Um, so anyway, without any further ado, uh, something very unfortunate happened. At least <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah. No, I'm not really for it. Uh, the Fox and Disney deal. So. Um, and I've heard it put that the reason this happened is because you have Netflix and Amazon, um, and they have become so monumentally gigantic, mm-hmm. which is also scary, especially Amazon in a lot of ways. Um, but in the entertainment sphere, mm-hmm. Netflix and Amazon are such big players at this point that Fox, excuse me, Disney felt the need to buy out Fox. Um, and uh, most of Fox. They didn't most get Fox of, yeah. News. There's other little parts of Fox yeah, that, that yeah. stayed out. But, but for the most part... The big franchises, TV shows, etc. Are now under Disney's wing. Which basically means that Disney owns... Is it the majority of entertainment at I mean, this point? yeah. I mean, it's getting... I, as far it's as it's Ameri- ridiculous. As far as American mainstream pop culture, yeah. I mean, they, the, with this deal, they now own, uh, you know, X-Men, FF, um, The Simpsons... Um, Avatar, which I, I thought they had already owned because they have that Avatar theme land at Disney World, but now they officially own that. There's so many other properties I can't even think of off the top of my head. But, yeah, they, I mean, it's it, essentially, yes. It's Deadpool, like, did it's you now, mention that? Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's essentially this big corporate conglomerate. Um, and the fascinating thing about it is, so the reason 
some of Marvel's biggest characters were owned by other movie studios for the longest time is because back in the 90s, Marvel was on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, Believe it or not. Yes. And they sold, they had to sell, you know, some of their most iconic characters. In fact, their most iconic characters. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man, the the X-Men. What what they've done with the Avengers and bringing them up to, you know, uh, consciousness, people's awareness, was not the way, like Iron Man was a B or C level character before the Avengers and stuff happened. Um, that that was changed, but back in the day, the most valuable properties were the ones that were sold. Where right. it was the X Men, uh, Fantastic Four. These were huge, because huge. Those deals. characters had already had uh, been seen in other mediums, like um, you know animation, and you know the movies had been deve- in development for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, they sold these characters to other studios, and so you know Spider-Man. Sony, Sony owned Spider Man for the longest time, and then you know Fox up until this point has owned X Men. And so that's why they were, you know, there were kind of, before the MCU, there were these different cinematic universes. Uh, and, and, and to give you a little bit of backstory on it, um, what has then happened is a lot of interesting machinations between companies. So, for example, the Fantastic Four. It's a yes. really fun example. Um, yeah. Who owns them? That's Fox. That is Fox. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So that's, yeah. that's, that's over. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But the deal with that was that the Fantastic Four... Uh, is a Marvel property uh-huh. that Marvel has basically stepped on. Um, they have, you know, they actually killed all of them off, or at least ended the series They're, completely. They ended the series a while ago. They're back now with Legacy because they teased them in the Marvel Legacy one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually play a really big part role in that. But, good, but good. yeah, the title was canceled for. a but while. But they canceled it for a while, yeah. and it was very clearly revealed, like in the press. Every it was an open secret that the reason they did this is because they were pissed off uh-huh. um, about the fact that they don't own it, they can't do anything with it. Um, not to mention that Fox made that horrendous Fantastic Four right. film, right? Yeah, um, a years ago. Uh, yeah, and and then you know, and the reason they made that movie was to retain the rights. Uh-huh. So the thing about you know rights is that there are clauses in these documents that say if you're going to retain the rights to this film franchise, you have to use it. So you can't just, and which prevents you know poaching and and sitting on stuff. So yeah. you just like, oh, um, there's a movie coming out that's kind of similar, or a franchise that's coming out that's kind of similar, let's say, to Ready Player One. Yeah. And I don't want it to go head-to-head against Ready Player One, so right. I buy that franchise, and then I just don't make a movie. Well, what happens is eventually those rights revert, and I don't know all of the ins and outs of it, but the reality is that you have to keep making movies, and that's why sometimes you'll see these movies come out, and you're like, wow, that's an odd time for that movie to come. Fantastic Four is a yes. great example. Mm-hmm. But they had to make one, or those mm-hmm. rights would revert. Well, yeah, in yeah. the whole... Um, hostilities around that. Yeah. Um, you know, Marvel got really pissed and stopped having Fantastic Four books. Not to mention X Men as well. Um, X Men books, and they still make them because they're incredibly profitable. But they just they really diminished X Men's dominance for a while there. Um, because they were really upset about what was going on. Well, and interestingly enough, in the build up to this deal, the X Men sort of saw a resurgence earlier this year. I mean, just perfect timing because um. They did sort of their own revert, reboot in the aftermath of Avengers versus X Men, mm-hmm. and so they have, and really all the titles kind of go back to the '90s. They have X Men Blue, X Men Gold, Astonishing X Men, um, which is a famous Joss Whedon title. They've rebooted Charles Soule writes now and uh, Generation X. So the, they had this massive resurgence of X Men titles uh, in this year. Coin, you know. Oh, I'm sure these surprise. talks have been going this, on yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah, this, yeah. I mean, these talks this have definitely been, the, these deals yeah. don't don't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing that was interesting too is um, now Spider-Man is Sony. Well, so they, they 
Spider-Man still Sony still owns no, but some I'm just, of the rights. But yeah, 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 it was Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sony's the company. Yeah, yeah. So, so they have an interesting deal though. But, but that that deal is interesting, right? It and, is. Because, and so, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna. I mean, so uh, that deal happened about about two years ago um, because they were able to put Spider-Man into Civil War. So the deal allowed, yeah, Spider-Man to be implemented in the MCU, but the deal also allowed Sony to continue making their own kind of Spider-Verse movies that were separate from the MCU, which are, those are actually happening. A Venom movie is actually definitely going to happen. I think it's next year. Is it's hard to believe. Because, and it's actually a friend of the Ultimate Comics crew has been announced as the voice actor for it. Because um, uh, Tom Hardy is playing Eddie Brock, but there's a different voice actor doing the Venom voice. Um, huh. And so they're doing that. Um, there's also the animated Spider-Man movie, the Miles Morales one, yeah. that we just got a trailer for recently. That drops in theaters next year. I mean, the idea is that Sony was not doing well enough with right. the Spider-Man license. It was, right. it was, it was languishing. Yes. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man reboot, which I actually thought was fantastic, came out, and then the sequel came out, and that was not so fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Um, and what happened was that even though it made. 700 million a large amount yeah. they were starting and I, and I had to go back and forth with Jordan on this because it's like hard for me to understand why sure. a 700 million dollar movie just isn't acceptable uh -huh. but the idea supposedly is diminishing returns it's yeah. start that's actually the wrong word for it um, a bad trend. Yeah. So the yeah. trend was trending down, and if two made less than one, then three was going to make even and less. And the plan at that point, the plans that Sony had in development, they were talking about like an Aunt May spinoff movie and like make her into some bad guy and all that. That those were the kind of ideas circling around. And so what it, they needed was an MCUification yes. of their character. Right. And what do you know? Yeah. Spider-Man comes to the MCU first in Civil War, then his own solo film, and it's a freaking blockbuster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, you know, Marvel knows Kevin Feige props infinite infinite yeah. props yeah. knows what he's doing in right. creating universe so um, anyway so what you see is all these franchises are more valuable than they've ever been um, deals have been going back and forth um, you know and fighting over the rights and stepping on the characters and making special across the aisle reach deals mm -hmm. it's almost like politics it feels like we're in yeah, Congress it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that kind of in that environment you have to understand is what is the backdrop that's the yeah. backdrop for this deal um now on the other side of things you have to look at amazon um amazon is getting ridiculously powerful and i actually worry just in general i'm not going to go too hard into this but i do just worry because you know a company like amazon they just rolled out like their next thing so first of all they have this this thing they've designed where they can actually like if you allow them they'll open your front door and a mm -hmm. drone will like fly products into your house yeah i um, mean that sounds ludicrous no, I, but I they're mean, doing that yeah, um yeah. not not only that but they have these little buttons that you can buy that you put in your pantry mm -hmm. and you hit the button and it's a wi-fi switch that yeah. orders more like shit to come yes. to your house um uh, the echoes which you know have one yeah. are amazing yeah um yeah. however you know those are you it's know, basically, kind of it's like, Amazon in your house. It's like Skynet-ish. It, really yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. And, and, and it, for a lot of people, that's a really good thing. Uh, I know it worked great for you. Right, right. But And I and, and, and don't get me wrong. I love Amazon. Oh, yeah, I yeah. can't not shop there because their prices are so amazing. Sure. But what is going to happen? It's inevitable. That's how it happens with these companies is they will own the world one day in terms of every mom and pop shop will be out of business. Hopefully uh -huh. not, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. Every other company online is being shut out because their prices just can't compete. And then 
one day when Amazon's the only show in town, do you really think their prices are going to stay low like they are? Of course they're not. Uh -huh. Their whole business plan is based. I mean, you know, anybody who knows anything about corporate America knows that stock prices, you know, you have to continue to increase the value of the stock yep. or else the CEO gets fired for somebody who will do it. Uh -huh. um, and, well, that, that's a vast oversimplification. But the, the point but is it, yeah. stock prices drive decisions. And the idea is bust out all the competition and then – once your company is worth everything, then you can start to like raise the price. Your profits right. go through the roof. So I'm just worried in general about the concept of you know monopolies. Right, and um, Disney owning everything and is very yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad for us as as potential you know one day hopefully creators because there's just because it, it, if you get it, let's say let's say you don't get along with some exec at Disney one day, then that, that you're done. Well, yeah, because yeah, they own everything. Mark Bernardin said perfectly on Fat Man on Batman because he's like you know. Would you rather have like six places to pitch to or one big one? You know, I mean, there's of no course question. six. Yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting because at, at one point, I mean, this year, this past year or two years ago, we had 600 plus um, scripted dramas on television. Right. So that's like three X, more than three X sure. that there ever was even five, six years ago. It's been a dramatic increase in the number of outlets, seemingly. But at the same time, this trend is moving things in a more incestuous direction uh -huh. where everything is related to everything. And pretty soon, even though there may be 600 dramas, 450 of them could be somehow traced back to Disney. Yeah. And when that time comes, it is not good for creators and it's not good for consumers of no. media. No. Um, so, I mean, these things are worrisome. That said, it's also kind of fun to think about, and that a lot of people that, that take it at surface level are thinking, well, yeah, but... We get X-Men and MCU. So, yeah, so what yeah. are we getting? What what, do you th what are some of the potential things that we could, we could I mean, get? yeah, now that they own those rights, they, I mean, I would say make priority uh, a Fantastic Four movie or TV show, because um, that's a property that desperately needs saving. Mm -hmm. You know, it is likely now that um, Feige's in talks to bring the x-men into the mcu as well that i'm not as big on because it's I've overcrowded always, like, already overcrowded and i always liked the idea of the x-men existing in their own cinematic universe because one they have you know just as many characters as the, the mcu now two it never made sense in the comics for there to be this mass hysteria and fear in regards to mutants and then meanwhile everyone's is totally okay with captain america and the Avengers and all that. It, it doesn't thing. work. It doesn't make any sense. And trying to incorporate that logically into a well-established universe is very troublesome it's a really for me good to point. imagine. It's a really good point. Yeah. Um, it really FF is. is a little more imaginable. They could see. I mean, yeah, they are Marvel's first family, and this here they would come later. But you know. Granted, that property needs need saving in terms of its well, well, yeah, but but also but, like you said, it, that one isn't as. As, as political and, and world-connected yes, yes, as X-Men is. Exactly. X-Men is directly tied into people and the government's fear yes. of mutants yes. as a core driving force for the plot. And if you try to bring that into any other movie with any other kind of government, any other kind of political it would ideas... It be totally against the whole... The end of the... I mean, granted, they've done Civil War and all that, but the end of the first Avengers movie when that montage of all the citizens saying, Captain America, save my life, and... You know, for that, I owe them everything. And, you know, they're a government sanction organization, et cetera. It just wouldn't add up. Mm -mm. Right, right. Um, so anyway, that the X-Men is probably not ideal. Although X-Men solo movies or, or character movies yeah, could yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, sure, now, sure. do you? So what do you think they will do? Do you have any thoughts? Do you think they're going to just keep X-Men separate, but just Disney gets the money now? Mm, there's, I mean, they may do something kind of along the lines of what they do with Spider-Man, 
bring in some of the big characters into the MCU if they can, and then meanwhile Fox still gets to make its own movies. Like could work, you know, like that that their upcoming one, that that horror one that which is from weird. Thing. It's very weird, but it's like uh, what but, guy from? Oh, 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 yeah, the yeah, actor, yeah, yeah, the Jonathan. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought um, you meant the 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 creative talent. Which oh no, was, no, no, I was no, going to no, be excited. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. But, um, but no, something like that where like they still can do their own thing. Meanwhile, they also have other characters from the universe in the MCU that could work. But it's really, uh, you know, anyone's guess as to what as to, will happen as from to here. what will shake out. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's monopolies are never a good thing. No. I, um, but what it, what I find interesting about this and, and and sort of where I started coming full circle is. The concept that Netflix and Amazon are so powerful as wielders of influence and as producers of content that yeah. it's actually gotten to the point where it was worth fifty-four million dollars in billion, excuse me, dollars in stock options is what Disney bought yeah. Fox with. Yeah, um, that is a ridiculous amount of stock, um, and I, I mean it's it's not you can't even fathom it. It's fifty-four right. billion, not million. You know, the interesting thing too, too is with Disney building its own streaming service. And now they own even more properties than they did uh, before, you know, two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever. You know, what's going to be left on Netflix? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good point. It's a really good point. So so that's that you're right, and that and that plays into the whole yeah. concept. So Netflix and Amazon are probably worried. They'll yeah. figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. But again, Netflix has been very smart in doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on original produced content. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that's that's kind of the move. Right. And boy, did they make it. Oh, and um, I, I mean, one of their most recent ones, which I haven't talked about yet on the podcast, I'm saving for my best stuff because it's definitely making my top three TV shows of the year. Oh, I haven't okay. you yet. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. All right, yeah. cool. All right, well, um, anyway. Uh, I guess, you know, overall, not great. Yeah. Uh, we may see some interesting skeptical. movies. Very skeptical. I think everyone got so excited by the idea of, oh my gosh, FF and X-Men could enter the MCU, that they're not thinking about the consequences of that. Yeah. And, yeah, I, you said it perfectly. All right. Well, on that note, um, from something not awesome yes. to something. maybe the awesomest thing I've seen all year, Yeah. Um, let's talk about The Last Jedi. Yes. Um, so... Uh, right now, um, we are going to give you our really awesome, like, freaking out, right after we saw the movie, yep. gut reactions. And um, without further ado, here's that tape. Yep. All right. So we just got out of Last Jedi. Okay. We're going to so, some, uh, some cursory thoughts. We'll have a more in-depth analytical thought, but I thought it would be a great idea to just get out our initial reactions before we have time to even think about it holy so, shit yes that's about all i can say right now i mean this is just an overload experience of sensory but also just it does things that blow the mind of every blew the minds of everyone in there i mean it wasn't i was expecting more of the rollicking uh uh, Star Wars crowd that's right. always cheering. Right. But it was like people were stunned into silence. Yes. How, how mind blowing the shit was. Yes. Because that was the reaction. And I remember, you know, that it, it, that's a great point because the difference in audience reaction of a packed theater from Force Awakens and this, because I remember the exact reactions of Force Awakens. Yeah. Everyone's cheering the whole time. Yeah. It was just like. It was delightful nostalgia, but it wasn't like it anything. Wasn't like this. It wasn't anything like radically new and that left people in silence. And the the thing is that uh, when we came into this movie, you know, we were told that it is 
that there's lots of surprises yes. and that we're to expect anything and your jaw's going to be on the floor, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it's because I heard that, but it wasn't so much left field, like, spoilery, shocking surprises right, right. as it was incredible story beats that I didn't expect. Yes. That were, like, once they happened, it was like, of course that should have happened. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? That and just the execution of it and the every direction it took you in was unexpected and was... Oh my god, like, I mean, I, I am... I can't believe it. it I mean, I, didn't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but in many ways, it outdoes Empire. That's the feeling I'm at right now, you know? I mean, it, and I have to, like, go back and look at it more from a critical angle, but just the experience I just had... I know. It, it was a whirlwind. It really. It, it also feels like two movies worth of content. Yes, least, holy crap. It easily, easily could have been a duology. Yes. And they could have, like, ended on a more conclusive note with one of the main characters dying at the end. Right, of this, and right. And that could have been it. Right. It was that, I mean, right down to the coda at the end could have been the end of the whole trilogy. Yes. And yet we got it in one movie in two hours and 29 minutes, which did, it did feel its length, but not because it was boring at any moment. Yeah. But because it packed so many plot points in. I mean, holy Holy shit. I can't believe it. And that's where my jaw was kind of dropping, especially at the end, was like... I mean, it was literally... It felt like the start of the third movie, and I'm like, where does it go from here? How are they going to make another one, and how do you top this, and how do you... But... So, I mean... It, but they showed how. I mean... I mean, maybe yes. Maybe the distress Kylo signals is, will come in. I mean, we're going to talk spoilers. Maybe right, the distress right. signals will come in. Kylo's um, still alive, obviously, but... I mean, Snoke's death was, I think, the most... Are you shocking aspect to, Are you for me. me. I mean, to, to me though, I think what was so great was the fact that it teased like effectively the entire time that Ray might turn. It right. actually teased it effectively. Yes. When you would think in any of these movies, no way is that going to happen. Yes. But I thought it was going to happen. Yes. And then I thought it was going to happen again. Yep. I mean, and just the bond between them makes both characters so much better. It, it's just th- their chemistry was together, dynamic. Holy because shit. Because the thing is, in Force Awakens, you really don't see them together. My, and the only time they're together is at the very end. And obviously, Ray's ultimate good. He's ultimate evil. There's no. There's nothing linking them together. But there was other a than, moment. There's a moment where Kylo says at the end, you know, you need a teacher. But it's almost like, you know, they're like, there's no connection between them other than a slight thing. I mean, it's just, it's nothing compares to what it is well, here. No, no, what I meant was there's a moment in, in you know, you're absolutely right. And what, what I meant was in this one, yeah. there's a moment when... Um, you when they're fighting together, right? Right. Head, oh, when, when oh I no! The connection thought, between them was yeah. all over the place. And when I this, thought, and I but, thought literally later in this movie that it might be like the big shocker everyone's talking about yes. that they're alluding to was Kylo's good now, yeah, or something yes. like that, which yes. would be crazy. But because I could he does see it fight happening. off all the guards, but then throws you for a loop right after that because it says he's like, no, I want to get rid of everything old, the Sith, the Jedi, the Empire, the Rebels. And let's rule the galaxy Together. as we see fit. Right, but but in the end, with order as right. the thing. Well, know? yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. So very clearly still leaving the distinction. Sure, sure. That you can join me, please join me, but it'll be an ordered empire. It will not right, be the, right. the free rebel society you want. Right, right, But it's right. an interesting moment where you think it, it might really happen. Is. That these, yep. The two most powerful... And then the reveal about who her parents are. Yes. And, the, they're and the no they one. Yeah. It, right. Uh-huh. And, and who were people thinking the parents were? Um, the most lot, the 
argument I believe the most was Obi Wan was her, was she was some descendant of his because okay. the British accent, the Force abilities, etc. That was the most. I mean, the the Skywalker thing was the first one, but I the more I looked at it, the more I doubted that, um, yeah, and the more people did as well. It wouldn't have made sense, but really no one expected. Like I don't think for it to be literally no one that just sold her off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is that she's out adrift in the universe, and yeah. she's gone to become the most powerful Force user. Now, uh, well, but at the same time, and it makes it really interesting because if you it connects her to Anakin even more because you think about it, Anakin as a farm boy who didn't even have a father. He was conceived by midi chlorians. His mother was just, you know, she was also a slave. So that, and it's, I mean, yeah. So we have, we have what's always been a big facet of Star Wars, and that's the cyclical nature of good and yes. evil and, and of fathers and sons and, and all of that. Wow, that's really interesting. Yes. That really is. You know, I think one of the things about this, too, that I couldn't believe was that they they sold? I mean, so the Kylo Ren and the Ray of it all, and the and the Luke was that was the core focus. And I can't believe, by the way, how much time was spent on that island. Yes, and, and the fact that Luke, in the end, didn't even leave the island. No, not he was, once. Uh, he was in into the Force. Yeah, which is amazing. And then, and I love how he becomes one with the Force at the end. And it, like everyone expected him to, when he goes out to confront Kylo, you think it's him, and okay, Kylo's going to kill him, and. You know, and that uh, would be fine. Uh, I mean, right? That would be fine. It would make yeah. sense. You know, everything. Right. Um, he would have, you know, gone out on a victorious note and everything. But it was so much more clever the way Ryan Johnson did it here and has him instead trick Kylo because he's mastered the Force in such a way that he can project himself from planets away. And then we find out that he's not. Everyone was cheering at that moment, right? Because we we're like, oh, he's still alive. And then. He fades, he off, fades into off into the night. So, which, which, is, which is a decision that I'm going to just go with it because the movie's so brilliant that obviously they know what they're doing. Right. But at that moment, I was like, wow, really? Okay. Because he was so powerful. Well, it was kind of... with that? It was very much a, another connection to Obi-Wan's as well. Because, yes, he's killed by Vader, but you remember the iconic shot from New Hope where Vader swings the lightsaber and right as he hits him, Luke, I mean, Obi-Wan immediately vanishes and becomes one with the Force. So he oh, also does kind so of a give up. Yes. That. I wasn't thinking yes, about that. Yes. Okay. okay so Because he doesn't, like, you know, get stabbed and then just die right there. No, he the lightsaber hits him and then he immediately vanishes. So, so, so what, it was so what, very Luke, much a parallel to so that. What, yeah, but what, what caused it? He, he expended his energy? Yeah, he, he just, just said because. What, give, yeah, it's just kind of a next level Force user thing. Um, okay. Yeah. He just gave himself to the universe. Yes. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. And oh, he man, had fulfilled his purpose. Fucking Yoda. Right. Yoda's in it. Right, guys. What? Yoda shows what? up. He shows up a lot. It was. Oh it's my crazy. gosh. It's crazy. And then, not to mention the whole Finn and Rose thing. Yes. And the idea that now Finn. That was, was my th- okay. The whole movie my thing. Ray, my thing going him. in was because I knew about her. The, I mean, I knew that these characters were going to exist. Her, Benicio del Toro, Laura Dern. All of them, I and I was wondering going into this, I was like, with everything going on, how are they going to introduce that many new characters, even supporting ones, and do it effectively? I and know. nailed it. Well, that's why you need two hours and 29 minutes. Yes. I mean, it's really that simple. And uh, I would say, though, 
probably my favorite, not not even probably, my favorite new character by far was Benicio Del Toro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Holy mean, he's, shit, the new, he's so cool. He's the new Lando. Yeah. He's so cool. In it, right down to him. the fact that he betrays them, you know? I know. I yeah. mean, everything about it, but even aside from that, yes. he's also original. And the way that yes. the movie both nods to what's old and also creates what's new right. at the same time, I mean, I just don't know how they do it so well. I when, Whenever, and I always talk about the blank sheet philosophy, but when I think about No, Brian but it's true, Johnson, especially here. Brian Johnson sitting down to write that script. Yep. You know, granted, he had help and he had ideas, but holy shit, how do you write that? And that's the other... I told Rich right before it started, the really interesting thing is that uh, he's the, the only one besides George Lucas to be the sole the sole credited writer-director of a Star Wars movie with all the other... George Lucas wrote and directed the first one and then the prequels. Um, but Empire, uh, Irvin Kershner did not write it. It was written by Kasdan. Um, and I'm forgetting her... Um, Lay Bracket. Sorry, and I've then, lost a little bit driving. I gotta turn No worries, no worries. Go ahead. And then Return of the Jedi was written by Kasdan and uh, Lucas. And then... Rogue One had like four screenwriters on it, so I mean, you again, tell. you have like you're right in that it is still very much a collaborative process. But to have such an auteur level here is a really interesting I thing. Just can't believe and I'm Force Awakens also Abrams he wrote it with Kasten and um, mainly Kasten, and then there was I, I, another why draft is earlier involved on. Involved in this? That's weird. I wonder... He's doing Han Solo. Oh. Okay. Well, anyway, but, we, could, we could we could talk a lot more in depth. I'm sure he probably like had. I mean. Notes and stuff for but, I mean but, you right know, right but any more before we before we sign off on this yeah. little little blip before we sure. talk about it what are some like overall thoughts as as you leave do you feel like how, how do you feel like how excited about it how great oh, is gosh. it oh gosh I it, mean how does it compare what, masterpiece that left me stunned and I mean, speechless and I mean this is coming from I mean a diehard Star Wars fan my entire life and you know maybe I mean the best one. It's very, I mean, that's, and it's almost feels sacrilegious to say that, that it may be outdoing Empire. I can't say that affirmatively right now. Of course not. But. Talking about 20 years plus. But we're talking, but the the fact that I'm discussing the possibility of that is really saying something. I mean, it's, it's, I just can't believe what they accomplished in that movie. I just can't even believe it. Right. It's, it's it's ridiculous. And Kylo Ren is so fucking hardcore. When the movie started and it was a little bit goofy at first, I was just like. Yeah, I know. I was wondering that. Yeah, because very comedic tone. And, and and he never really lost, he had plenty of fun one-liners throughout. It's there Um, the whole time. But but I was, I mean, you know, they're on this ship and I was like, oh, is this going to be it? They're going to be chasing, the First Order is going to be chasing the last of the resistance through hyperspace the whole movie and it's going to be kind of a heist thing and then you know the luke and ray stuff will play out alongside of that and i'm like is that gonna be it that's gonna be that's a little weird and then boom 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 throws you for a loop and then another loop and then another and then when they land on the salt planet it's like okay that's gotta be right right at the end this has to be the end yes it's not the end nope not at all like what is going on? I mean, the movie is just—I mean, it's just I, it makes relentless. Me feel silly for saying that uh, Doctor Strange is a masterpiece because this yeah, defines yeah. the term. Right. I mean, holy shit! It's it's oh and and uh, Poe Dameron's role and his and right journey, right and the that, that's the thing. Character. I mean, because he was you know a great addition in Force Awakens and you you know fell in love and with his charisma and everything. But holy crap, does it take his character to the next level here? and give him so much more to do and just 
presenting the friction within the resistance was yes. fascinating. And then how about the, the, the double take of Laura Dern? Yes, And yes. thinking that he's in the right because he's our scrapping hero. Right, and, and that she's the coward and yeah. seeing her make a heroic turn at the end was and, fascinating. And, and also when, when you expect, and, I mean... And, 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 oh, and, okay, and, go ahead, no, but no, I'll talk. Please, please. Leia using the force right when you thought she was about to die and she's flying through oh, space right, right. and holy crap was that amazing well especially we were all thinking oh baby this is how they wrote her out right you know? right I mean, that I'm, I'm sure like and that would and that would have been, been horrible fine. but well i don't know i was like you're gonna kill her that way come okay, on okay and so all right and then throws you for a loop i'm like no she's gonna pull this badass moment out of nowhere and well, not out of nowhere. She's always been force sensitive, so it made sense. No, it's but just, it's we just just had never got to see her. It applied. I just, I just worry because what's going to happen? Now? I know because that's she's still I, alive. I, say that might I, I agree. No, and I, I just hate that. What are we going to do? Yes, because the obviously the, the core of the next movie was going to be was big, supposed to be her because it was supposed her. to be mirror. Like the whole idea behind the new trilogy was that yes, it was the new characters, the next generation stories, but in each one they were going to have, you know one from the original cast be a main character. Han was Force Awakens. This one Mark, was. Uh, yeah, Luke was, uh, I almost said Mark, like yeah. I know him, you know. Yeah, um, boy, you know, yeah I mean, yeah. But, um, you know, Luke was Last Jedi, and then, yes, Leia was going to be, you know, the main original trilogy cast member of Episode 9. So. Right, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but it'll um, be interesting. You know what I was thinking? One more thought. I yes. was really, when, when Snoke dies, yeah. I was like, holy shit, I really was so believing that maybe the turn was going to happen for right. Kylo Ren. Right. That I was wondering, how is this movie going to have a bad guy? Right. Who's the bad guy anymore? Right. Because if Kylo Ren's not the bad guy, what is And that, that was, the I mean, the, that whole last half hour or so, or hour, we were just wondering, like, where is this going to go from here? And, and, and I've never had that Star reaction Wars. watching a Star Wars movie. It's as much as I love Star Wars, it always has a poetic, rhythmic element to it that is the constant battle between good and evil and even the twists in it make perfect sense they, and you're not yep. surprised beyond description you know yeah it's whereas it's so here true. i had no idea what was going to happen next it, I, I, I and to have that effect is just incredible because i can't say it better i will call it there and yep. uh, to be continued my to friend. be continued Okay, uh, so you just heard uh, how absolutely crazy we were uh, yeah. after leaving the movie. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Okay, uh, so I think the best way to break it up here um, is to look at the major... So, you you know, you get that we both loved it. Um, I think the best way to go about the discussion in terms of spoiler talk and everything is to kind of break up the major aspects of the narrative. Okay. So let's go ahead and write up talk about luke's story and, and portrayal this is by far the most divisive aspect that everyone is centered on so let's talk about it i have a full justification for why i like exact everything that ryan johnson did with luke yeah. okay cool um well let's uh why don't why don't you kick you that off and, yeah so my main thing here is that yes was it shocking that we learned that not only has luke isolated himself and um, he tosses a lightsaber aside when Ray hands it to him, and he's become a recluse and a cynic, total contradictory to everything we've seen of him before. The biggest shot comes from the reveal that he is essentially responsible for the creation of Kylo Ren. Potentially. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mean like, to some extent. Such, to an extent, but, I mean, we learned that 
in a, a moment of weakness. pure instinct and weakness, he attempted to kill Ben when he was still part of one of his students in his new Jedi Order. And, and when he and when he felt yes. true evil creeping up within Ben so And not just felt, he, he saw, saw the future. a quantifiable amount of darkness within him, more than he had ever seen in anyone else before, and coupled with the fact that Snoke had already lured him to the dark side, right. or was already in the process of doing so. And so and so when you know that after that, um, you know, Ben took with him some of the students that he yes. was able to corrupt, and they slaughtered all the rest? Yes. Just take that. I mean, he doesn't go just from zero to 100 just because Luke was about to kill him. Yes. That's what he had in him. Right. That's right. what Luke yes. saw. And the so thing if is, you look at that, it's very justifiable that Luke was considering to save his 19 other students. Yes. And the other thing— Because they did die. They did. And the other thing is why it's not unbelievable is, okay, think about it this way. Obi-Wan was Luke's master. Obi-Wan's greatest regret is training Anakin because— he and the rest of the Jedi Council saw that Anakin was emotionally unstable and had more power than they had ever seen in, you know, than in any other Jedi. And Obi-Wan thought that in order to honor Qui-Gon's dying wish, he thought that he could train him in the ways of the light side and prevent him from turning to darkness. And he thought that he could control him, and he couldn't. He failed to look what happened as a result. When Luke is faced with this terrible, like potentially life-threatening situation that potentially at, Jedi yeah, destroying, yes, destro- destroying everything that he so worked hard to achieve, is it so unbelievable that for in a, a moment, moment. Of pure, for a moment, he considers ending it then and there and preventing, even if if it is his own nephew, preventing him from becoming well. That makes his it more compelling, yes. um, it, or more righteous. Yes. Um, is the fact that it is his own blood. Yes, it's not just you know some asshole. It's this yes. is his right. nephew, and, and so it makes it all harder. It makes it harder for him, and it makes it more compelling that he was maybe willing to even sacrifice that yes. and what he'd have to tell Han and what he'd have to tell Leia. Yeah, and how he'd never be forgiven. Right. Um. It's it's interesting. I mean, it takes as bad as Kylo eventually gets. Um. To, for Leia to finally tell Luke at the end of this movie, um, it is okay, he's gone, I know that. Yes. I've finally, finally given up on that. Which which very clearly says, back then if he'd done it, she would not have been okay with it. Yes. So it, it's a tremendous sacrifice he would have made. He may have lost everybody he cared about, everybody he loved, hopefully to, to save them in one of those kind of moments that movies have where you know the hero does this unthinkable thing it's actually the good thing to do, but nobody will ever forgive him for right. it. Like, that is potentially what he was considering. Not doing something that's just, like, this heinous, evil act. Yes. And um, that was the other thing. I really liked how Ryan Johnson did this flashback scene because he told it from three different angles. So the first time we see it is um, Luke describes to Ray that he woke up after uh, Ben had betrayed him and slaughtered the other Jedi and um, tried to kill him. And that's all we see. Then Kylo tells her in the mid, in one of their like forced telepathy conversations that no, Luke tried to kill me and I defended myself. And then we see it as Luke has to explain he fessed up that he did lie, but that there is that's still half true. He did it in a moment of pure instinct and regretted it immediately. And then everything that happened as a result, you know, was the combination of that. But also, like you said the evil is already instilled in him 
Snoke has already been luring him. He already has the darkness inside him. Okay. And so we see that play out. Then from there, you know, the whole that he's more cynical and is trying to put away, you know, his old self and everything. That makes sense because he blames himself for the creation of Kylo Ren and the state of the First Order and the Resistance and everything that's ensued from here on. He doesn't, you know... Well, more than that, he sees that the the work that he's doing as a Jedi teacher, um, the you know, he steps up. Yeah. He says, okay, I'm going to try to train these 20 people to be the best Jedi there's ever been. Yeah. And the whole group of them is annihilated yes. and slaughtered. Yes. The ones that are left alive have turned to the dark side. Yes. It is a absolute failure in every way. Um, even if he hadn't gone and turned Ben in the end there, it was yeah. a, a failure. And right. he sees that. He's very smart. He's very well read. He's had the best teachers that you could ever have right. that are the most even keeled you could ever ask for. And he still comes to the conclusion that you know, this is, there's evil brewing here. Right, right. Um, so, you know, it's 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 very clear that he knows what, what he has to do there or, or whatever. And from there on, we see that not only him, but also Yoda. And this is, the, okay, my one criticism here, I, as much as I love seeing Yoda show up, there wasn't really any need for it to take so long to have that conversation. He could have showed up earlier. He could have been consulting with Luke all this time. And because... They're both coming to the conclusion that the old way of the Jedi Order is not working anymore. And that, you know, they try, They thought that, uh, you know, Vader's redemption, or Anakin's redemption, and his uh, defeating Darth Sidious, bringing balance to the Force, would be the bile end-all. And that, you know, Force would be, the balance would be restored, new Jedi Order would come, evil was gone, right? They thought that that, that would happen. And it didn't, you know, the balance was upset once more. They realized that they can't control everything anymore and that instead of a strict adherence to the old Jedi code, they kind of have to adopt some shades of gray into their order and into their system. And that's the only way that's going to allow them to continue from here on. And it makes sense because, you know, I mean, the and that's, I think, what pissed people off the most out of the people who hated this is that there is too much change here. But they said it would. This would be very different. That this was going to challenge a lot of uh, long-held notions about what the Jedi meant, what the Force meant. But that's the thing: the Jedi isn't necessarily a constant. It can be, and the Jedi Order has been flawed for many generations. Uh-huh. So this is kind of finally Luke and Yoda recognizing that and striving to move forward. Okay, so. Um, as much as all of that, you you obviously very clearly needed to get that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we need to back up a little bit. No, I because, thought, yeah, because yeah, sure. I know, and that is you're right. That yeah, is yeah. the divisive stuff. That's sure. the stuff that's driving uh, huge original right. trilogy fans sure, mad. Sure, is sure. the decisions that Luke made. It's very important for us to look at those. But I also think that we need to, if we're going to call this a review, yeah, 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 we need to go back and talk about the different arcs and at first frame it and then have those conversations. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So let me start by saying what are, so so uh, as a great quote by an awesome reviewer named Alan Seppenwall, and he says right after his, his gut reaction, sure, sure. toe dip, whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah. was there are four to five excellent stories or movies within this yes. one movie yes he's still going to decide how he feels they all came together into one whole but yeah. there were four or five great ones so i think it's interesting to look at what those maybe four 
movies within a movie were. Right. So what do we have? We've got... So my... I broke it here into... So I've got Luke's story. Okay. Ray and Kylo, because they've merged yeah, together. Yeah, even though even though Ray and Luke is also a thing. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but even more so is the connection between yeah, them. definitely. Um, the Resistance, I kind of group all together, because that incorporates um, Poe and then the new Admiral... And also Finn and Rose, some of these new that's, characters. Oh, so oh, that's not all. that's not separate, Finn and Rose. Well, yeah, okay, we can separate that. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, go ahead. Okay, and then um, Hux in the First Order is kind of it's a. I mean, oh, that kind of connects. Okay. It's a, I mean, that's maybe the one that's maybe the, the less. Yeah, less so, but um, no, it's pretty. Just, it, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, or or even Kylo Hux and the First Order, right? And Snoke, you could incorporate in that. Yeah, yeah, well. that whole dynamic. Yeah, I think yeah. that's definitely true. Yeah. So there's the four or five right yes. there. Yeah. Um, so that's perfect. Yeah. Um, that's a really good way to look at it. Right. Um, so let's see. I guess let's... So we talked about Luke a little. Yeah, we talked about Luke a little. Yeah, so yeah. let's finish that up. Um, what do you think about Luke in general in, in this? So so let's, let's frame it. Um, first time we get to see them. And I remember when we went into the movie, your thought was... Um, it, I thought it was going to start right away with them, and then, yeah, um, it is they, and I, I do, I did, I am glad that they started with a you know big space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, well, you know, then, it was that. How are they going to do that? Duh, right, you know, right. moment where they jump in and they jumped in on a space battle, and, and it's, it's really good a space battle, right? And it's really good that the stakes are very clear immediately, and then yes. also that we see. So, so this movie is very throughout the film. Uh-huh. I see a. And it's obvious that this would be the case, but it's very clear that Ryan Johnson was thinking about everything in terms of the overall narrative, making sure that characters had arcs. Yes. So yes. Poe Dameron is a real, you know, sort of yes. starts things as it's his arc of here's a, you know, what do they call him? Like a hotshot flyboy. Right, right. Point. Like trigger happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then he makes these decisions that cause a lot of people to die. Right. Um, because right. he's trying to take out as many first order starships as he can meanwhile several key resistance fighters are dying as a result of uh, his recklessness and leia is not on board with it and wants to kind of put a leash on him right right and so that that sort of happens then we see leia um and that's the thing too yeah so the end of force awakens yes star killer base is destroyed but right before that what happened the first order took out not just one planet but a multitude of star systems that comprised the the republic so, which is like the main political basis that the resistance is fighting so for. in many ways um even though it kind of feels a little bit of like a victorious ending at the same, the same way. weapon it's not at all because no. they're the first order is still insanely powerful and now the resistance is on the run and so that's what this is literally they are clinging for life support and trying to smuggle what fighters they do have left and leia is adopting a very conservative mentality of let's get all of our people to, to a, safety to some away, right base and find a new base exactly some place they, that we can call home we're on the run whereas poe is say gung-ho let's take him out right here and now or at least take out this ship that yes. has the potential to he called it a uh, a fleet killer yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the new star destroyer kind of thing right and yeah. he was like we got, we have an opportunity to take it out yes and take it out he does he in does. a last gasp which is poe dameron's thing his yes. last gasp finally the plan comes through at the death of 
Rose, who Rose he meets later's sister, sister. Yes. Um, which is a really, really good way, by the Segway way, to give us yes. Rose not out of the blue. Right, right. Because uh, it would have been weird brilliant. to have her as a new character. But brilliant. You see that thing around her neck, and right. oh my god, now, oh, that's Rose's sister. And while and you're she's thi- like a technician. I mean, that's, kinda, yeah. Rose is that girl's sister. And then at that moment, you, you're so busy thinking about that connection that yes. you don't even think they're throwing a brand new character and shoving her down your throat. Is, you yeah, know what exactly. I mean? It's like, uh, is yeah, is it unnecessary? I think exactly. So, yeah. so that was so that's interesting. Um, so we have we're thrown into the battle. Um, then, um, as that goes, and is is it in the middle of that battle or is it after that that we see um, Luke on and Ray? It's that's after, after that. because okay. what happens is um, so at this point Finn is still unconscious because remember he was. Uh, right. beaten up by Kylo in, right. at the end of Force Awakens. And so he's been in a coma for at least a month or a couple sure, months or so. Sure. And he wakes up after this battle is over. Um, and we get a little comedic scene there. He's got all the oh, IV yeah. tubes and stuff. like. And then the first the question place. he asks is, where's Ray? Our question, and then we see it. That's and really that well nice done. Way. That's really yeah. well done. Yeah. Although it looked yeah. weird to see him with those bags on him. I it thought was, that yeah, gag yeah, yeah, was a little yeah. unnecessary, personally. Sure, sure. Um, there were se- definitely several gags I would take out. But uh, me we'll too, that. me yeah, too. Yeah. Um, previous um, to that, though, we meet Hux um, again. Yes. Um, and we see sort of the status of what's going on. And so it's it's him. Um, we immediately established that so in and is the, that we also see Kylo at that point early too, where he's being yeah, dra- dressed yes. down by Snoke. Yes, that's around that time. I can't remember if it was in that scene or a little bit later, but yes, we see him early on. But he's getting dressed um, down. Um, they're both getting dressed down, right? Honestly, because um, that was the interesting thing about Force Awakens was that Hux was sort of the like you know um, tar- admired you know servant of Snoke who would do all his willings. He and Kylo had tension. And Snoke didn't think that Kylo could follow through with everything he needed him to do. Now he's proved himself and has killed Han, but he still has a long way to go before he can really fully gain Snoke's trust. Right, and also Snoke plays that game of yes. like you're you're still you know measly and, and blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah, That's yeah. how he tries right. to galvanize. Right. Uh, Kylo well, Ren's emotions right. and get him to really be on board, but Kylo Ren, as he proves throughout this movie, is a complete emotional wreck. Right, uh, right. he is a wreck. Right, um, which is awesome because it really provides the the chaos that, right. that drives the movie in really good ways. And and later on, it allows us to have an X factor that can make you know uh, Deus Ex Machina things happen, yes. but make them believable. Yes. Um, because there's no way those rebels. Anyway, we'll talk right. about that. But there's no way they could have fought back against that unless there was a completely unstable asshole yes. running shit. Right. But oh, but there is. Yep. And so we have a perfect way for Ryan Johnson to even the odds. Right. Anyway. But also here we see yeah tension between Snoke and Hux because Hux is uh, you know has to take responsibility for the destruction of Starkiller Base and now losing the Resistance yet again and he's trying to track them down and he's trying to prove himself once more because. His sole focus is being this great military leader. Now, and so that's the drive. Now, it. somewhere around this time, we also see that Leia is just blasted out into space. Yeah, that's a little bit later. That's is after it? the first. Um, that's after we reunite. With Man, Ray this Luke. movie really weaves. It, it, it is hard to kind of keep track. It weaves. Of, like, it's, it it's, weaves, it's, and it's constant. These, fi- these four and, to yeah. five stories are all weaved together yes. in a way. And I remember when I was watching the movie that I felt that. I felt like I never know which place they're going to take me to yes. next in a really good yes. way. Yes. Um, and the way it all just, just, just weaves together. Okay, so so they have that bombing run, and it's just it's successful, but they lose the bombing fleet. Right. Okay. And, and that's then, sort of... yeah, they're regrouping, trying to figure out what to do next. 
you know, Poe is um, sort of talked down to by Leia, who says, you know... You're now a captain to... instead of a commander, or yeah, is it the other way like, around? Yeah, uh, I don't know how ranks something work. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I think it was going from captain to commander. Okay. But, yeah, he was demoted, talked down to, said, you need to be put on a leash, etc. And then, yeah, Finn wakes up, where's Rey? Right, right, and, and, then, where, and, and so then we get to see Rey. We so, get to the island. So... And that picks off directly from the end of Force Awakens. We see her bringing the lightsaber in, and we're waiting for the reaction. And the reaction is simply he takes the lightsaber and then tosses it aside over his shoulder. Which which is in playing with this tone that has sort of been established since the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie of levity thrown in with the really dr- yes. dramatic stuff. So Hawks, really almost the first scene in the movie, and it, which is very odd that they throw this in the beginning, he's hearing from Snoke and – or is it from – no, 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 no. It's, it's Poe. And he's um, he's trying to trick him, and he's just like, "What did you say?" When when Hawks is saying, "We are going to destroy yeah, you yeah, utterly yeah. and absolutely crush you," General and then, Hugs or something. Like, he, and he's, he's just like, "Wait, him. what? What yeah. was your name? What, yeah. what was it again? I can't yes. hear you." And he's just, just playing him, and Hawks is getting so frustrated. Yeah, and, yeah he's yeah. just he can't take it, and and it's really frustrating him. But it's it's humorous, yeah, and, yeah. and it has this humorous kind of. I, I remember when we were walking into the theater, I heard some people outside saying that movie had some goofy parts. Yeah, parts oh, were actually was a straight lot. goofy, yeah. and and where they hold it out longer. So I, I think other Star Wars movies in the past have had humorous moments. Force Awakens does, but in a very like it's a shorter. much more shorter and Burstier. it doesn't really affect the tone of the movie at all. Right, because Force Awakens still took itself very seriously. And you know yeah. establishes the first order as its looming threat, etc. The urgency of you know Ray discovering her force abilities, all that. Yeah. Um, you know there were jo- most of the comedy had to do with just some one-liners from Finn, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the the more I think about the movie, and the more we're talking about it now, the more I feel uh, that the character development in this movie was was so exceptional yeah uh, especially so. as compared to force awakens now you had made the comment that we were ta- we both don't really like uh jenner so that much is that her name jenner? Yeah, uh, yeah uh we both don't like her that much she's a height i don't hate her i don't hate her right but your now, comment Jordan was loves her right 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 and rogue one is still his favorite star wars movie by the way but yeah i mean he's tripping he, I, I, <laughs> I almost think he's saying that just to get a rise out of people um but anyway no he's not alone though there are, there are others uh, still yes Yes. You're seeing on he Facebook now, he, people he, after The Last Jedi saying Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie yep. of all time. Uh-huh. Yep. That that hodgepodge puzzle piece of scripts and directors mess. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. No, it's I mean, and Jordan really liked Last Jedi. He puts uh, I think his rank. I we each did rankings. I'll share that at the end because I have my ranking and everything. But yeah, he still puts Rogue One at the top. All right, I mean, I, I'm not even going to respond to that. It's not worth it. Yeah, no. It's, it's like, not yeah. worth responding to. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you derailed me. All right, <laughs> um, Jen Urso. Okay, yeah, so Jen Urso is... Uh, serviceable. Serviceable. Nothing stand out. Your comment was, unlike Ray, who is phenomenal and I bought into so much. Now, for yeah. me, I had a slightly different answer to you. My answer okay. was, I thought Jen, I thought Ray was good, but okay. I didn't feel anything amazing from her. That changed in this movie for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. For me... Uh, Ray is everything everybody has said Daisy Ridley could be and would be as far as building this character in just this amazingly compelling way. Yeah, yeah. I am so into Ray now. I love Good. Ray. Go I think she's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm catching on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, I, just... I think I wonder if a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, so in Force Awakens, she and Kylo are just established as such opposites. They only meet at the final, uh, at the finale for their confrontation and all that. 
here, because I, I know you've loved Kylo Ren from the beginning, and yes. I, I do too, but here they draw way more parallels to them through, from the beginning. Making really. both of them human. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, it's 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 definitely interesting. Okay, but anyway, let's get back to um, Ray on the island. Okay, so... Um, Rick, so Ray's on the island, he throws over the lightsaber. And he try, retreats back to his cave, says, go away. She is flabbergasted. She's like, she explains what happened, and... Um, has said that Han died, everything that, you know, the resistance is in shambles and we need you to come help. And she, at this point, she still believes that Kylo can be redeemed and she wants Luke to help him, help her in that. So let's talk about um, this triangle um, for the sake of this between Luke and Ray and and Kylo. Kylo. Yeah, sure. Um, So the three of them are sort of all conflicting on this island. One thing I do want to say about that is that because because you know it is the it is the Ray and Kylo arc, but Luke kind of plays into oh, it very yeah, clearly. Direct. So let's Absolutely. let's talk about sure. that as a triangle sure, for sure. the sake of this conversation. Sure. It's too hard otherwise. So my my favorite thing about this movie when I sat back and thought about it was the connection between Kylo and Ray. Yes. That mm-hmm. was for me the I love Luke, but the connection between the two of them was my favorite part of this movie. And I think that in every way, it's the emotional core of the film, um, obviously, because, I mean, everything about this movie, at, in the end, all everything else could be called window dressing for the fact that there's two most powerful Force users in the galaxy now, and they're Rey and they're Kylo. And see, with when the trailers dropped, and especially the, you know, the big one in October that um, teases that Rey may turn to the dark side for the longest time, and that had been, you know, something that was speculated on since force awakens but in an almost laughable way because everyone's like i mean that's like supergirl turning evil like i, I mean I someone guess. who is, yeah but like but think I mean, about but think about um um, um anakin i yeah, mean I know, we knew I that know. was coming from the beginning but if you hadn't it's yeah, a but huge he's turnaround always that kind of emo teenager though in like from two up but ray is such a lovable already fully grown she's not a kid she's uh, a young adult and is so lovable and heroic and seems devoid of immorality and what i love about what the last jedi did is that it really made it believable as to the possibility of her teaming up with kylo either the two of them as villains or as heroes it kept it continuously subverted her expectations the entire movie from beginning to end especially about a third of the way not really from the very beginning because that whole bombing fleet getting destroyed and how devastating that turned out was shockingly brutal yeah um, in a Rogue One-ish way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really was. So I was like, wow. Yeah. That turned out brutal from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And then when we get to this this stuff, um, you know, and, th- and then from that point onward, it's all surprises. Sure. The sure. whole movie is all about, uh, I've heard somebody say zagging instead of zigging. And it's yeah, really yeah, true. Yeah. It always takes yeah, what yeah. you think is going to happen and goes another direction if it's the right move. There are still times when they don't do that because that's not necessarily needed. It's right. like every decision it makes total sense within the overall scheme of things. So anyway, um, we start to see Ray's journey, and right from the beginning, it's starting to she makes this connection starts with Kylo, and yes. the two of them are are connected in this way that is fascinating and provides like this mirror effect. So he's the bad, she's the good. And the two of them are finding a middle ground of understanding throughout yes. the movie in just this really fascinating way. And you're right. The tease that maybe she could be going to the dark side makes it feel perilous at all moments. It's like Game of Thrones it. Yes. Um, at any moment, I feel like she could say, you know what? What do I have to lose? And the underlying We're dead motiva- anyway. Right. The underlying motivation, well, several things that could lead her to that. 
number one, Luke is not interested in training her and seems to be almost betraying, you know, the resistance. Two, she wants to know who her parents are, what her place in the grand scheme of things is. And and she's feeling this incredible... Once she taps into the Force, it immediately... We know why later, because of Snoke. But yes. immediately, it, it pulls her right to Kylo. It pulls her so right to Kylo. So she's like thinking... There's this, this weird connection established It's a fate them. feeling, too. Yes. It's a feeling like this is fate. Not to mention, immediately... And it could be because of Luke, because Luke is so jaded. But immediately, she goes down to the under the island. Yes. Immediately, yes. she's drawn to this under area. Which and I now, never really understood. It's but. not... And it hasn't really been explained yet. There's, I mean... Well, there... I mean... That's what I like about it, though, is how it kind of expands the force here, and as yeah. far as people's ability to use it, yes, there's this like I, I don't want to I don't know you know force Skype thing where like people can communicate across light years with each other. They can create digital projections of themselves from light years cool, away. Cool, why not? I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. And then also there's this weird black hole underneath the island, and. My only way to uh, my way to justify this would be because I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I realize that it's not fully explained, and I mean odds are it's going to be explored either in episode nine or in the, the plenty of extended universe material to take a look at it. But think about it: Luke has constructed a new Jedi temple here on this island. It is a you know just a center for him to explore the Force and to uh, you know. It's, it's like spiritual. Who set it up? Play. Well, Luke uh, brought because remember he had all the books and everything. I don't there think. From the I don't think Luke set it up though. I think it's been well, there for generations. Well, I think the because from now I, I could be wrong on this, but because I think he when, makes a comment about the curators, they've been taking care of this Jedi temple for hundreds and hundreds of years. I thought. Okay. It may, yeah. It may because my end. This is a, I may be totally wrong here, but because he visits the Jedi temple in the comics uh, set between episodes uh, four and five, and. I seem to remember it being on a different planet. I could be totally wrong here. It's possible. There could be several ones too. So he it may yeah. Well, he may what, be right either here. way though, we have it's we a have a Jedi for, center of power. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I can buy that there's some underground sort of that's fighting of against it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's possible. I'm, I'm totally agree um, with that. Okay. So so she goes down here and yeah, she's like Luke sees the full extent of her power and how much energy she has in her. To and, the point where it's ultimate, more dangerous than Kylo, even. Right. So yeah. So which is which is good for us. We're yes. hoping that she's powerful, especially yeah. if she stays light. But because she's dragged down in so many different ways, literally in that case, right? Um, you know, Luke is is not giving her what she needs. Uh, is, in terms of says, support, Kylo he knows says who her parents are. He right. He, he he and he says I can show you the way. Yes. Um. Not to mention she's left the fleet to look for Luke because they're on the ropes. Right, you know, shit is not going well, and it, and and, and it, you know, at every moment, it's starting to feel like fate is just on the new water side. And at that point, I think you know, we kind of know that Kylo is not fully on board with Snoke's plan. He's pretty much ready to do what Anakin wanted to do along and take over himself. Maybe create his or, own. Or, or well, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking. I mean, like, and that's why he's wanting Ray to join him so badly. Is that it's not that he wants to. You bring know, her to just into for, right right you know 
Although we don't fully know that until later because it we would, don't fully it would, know it would until, but it's kind of. I mean, we see the tension between him and Snoke established early on. Right, right, and also his just inner rage um, when he smashes his helmet, yes. which was a good decision that was cool. because it allows us to see Kylo's face at all yes. times. And Adam yes. Driver is such a great actor; you want to see him. Right, right. Um, so that was, I mean, a very, very brilliant little little tweak sure, on Ryan sure. Johnson's part. He's like, wouldn't it be cool yes. if you smashed your helmet so we can see your face all the time? And he's got the scar, and he looks even more bad. The scar is yeah. awesome. At first, when he had that bandage, I was freaking out i was like yeah, that yeah, looks yeah. whack right, if they right. keep that this whole movie no, no, that, i didn't that, realize that. it was a bandage i yeah, thought it yeah. was like supposed to be some kind of like magical yeah, yeah like yeah. sith like it heat thing no, no. like metal or something and right, i looked at right, it i was right. like wait a second that doesn't look right but i'm so glad that yes. the car the scar looked sick yeah it made him look really sick yeah um so yeah we're you know we're worried about her and then we're also thinking that maybe she could bring him over especially when they both start bandying about this concept of i've seen the future and you turn no i've seen the future and you turn and it's just really like wow are we to believe right they're both insanely powerful right and they both have this connection to the future so that's really interesting um and it basically um culminates there the 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 kylo and ray culminates at least on the island portion in them touching um, and her thinking that she can see his future of turning. Yes. Um, and then that's when, you know, Luke comes over and um, sort of, you know, attack, you know, tries to stop it. And then she confronts Luke. And that's when we find out the story. Yes. Of, of what really happened. Um, it's just it's just magnificent yes. storytelling. And that oh, connection fantastic. that the two of them have all the way through the movie is just is it's the driving force right, for right. everything that, that that rules because it's almost like they set up all of this peripheral stuff that's happening the rose and the fin the the um um what's the other thing the the resistance stuff that's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, the like ship on the, that yeah. stuff all of that stuff is kind of like none of that it's all put on pause it's all happening and it's all important because it's saving the last right, remnants right, right. but really it could go either way depending on what happens with Ray and and right. and and uh, Kylo. Right. And and for him to set up the movie so compellingly with these four or five interlocking narratives, but all of them to hinge on this core decision that has to yes. be made between these two ultra powerful characters. Um, so let's follow that through off the island um, and talk about how uh, the confrontation. So she believes um, that Kylo can be turned. So she goes and meets him. Yes. Um, he immediately handcuffs her. And takes her to Snoke. Uh-huh. Um, and at that point... Which was a direct parallel to Return of the Jedi. There. Yeah. Right. And so at that point, we're pretty clearly thinking, okay, well, he... I mean, something's going to happen here, because yeah. that would be boring. Right. But, boy, it sure doesn't look like he's going to turn. Right. Um, and then we get this really excellent scene. Um, with just this showdown yes. um, between the three of them. And it's... At it's, first, Snoke is torturing Ray. And she's struggling to fight back, and et cetera. And then, Jet, what really stands out here is the camera placement, and it all hinges on what move happens next, all the way leading up to Snoke's death, which came out as a total surprise. Ray is able to, um, because he Snoke has her lightsaber next to him, she is able to unlock it from across the room, kills him, and then what do we see in the next shot? Ray and Kylo wait, what? Together. What? I thought Kylo killed him. No, it was the it was the blue lightsaber. Kylo could control that. Wait, what? Okay, I'm trying. I don't, this is where I have to go back. I know one of them. Did I thought it was Ray though? We don't know. I don't think we could ever know. Here's what I thought happened. Okay. I thought... I need to see... Because this is where I need to see it again. Yeah, no. Here's what I thought. No, this is fascinating. Because we don't know. Okay, yeah. Here's what I thought happened. 
Kylo, he could read every one of Kylo, Snow could read every one of Kylo's thoughts. Yeah. So therefore, Kylo could not kill Snoke, no matter what. He couldn't betray him. And that's yeah, what Snoke yeah. straight up says. You, you can't betray me because I know what he's going to do at right, every moment. Right, right, right. So then it starts to seem like maybe the plan was for Kylo to bring Rey there in handcuffs so that he could then distract Snoke because Snoke's so focused. He's focused. Yeah, yeah, he's thinking yeah. that He's thinking that Kylo is going to kill Rey right there in front of him and Kylo starts moving his lightsaber over to start to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then instead you see the other lightsaber moving. Oh, that changes everything if it's Rey. That's, that a, that's a really good thing. I, that's I, I, I thought about. that that was Kylo's plan. I was plan. so focused on Rey that I thought, I assumed that Interesting. because it was her lightsaber. And yeah, but that's all we see it because no we one is holding it. The blade comes out and slashes him. Um, it, it really, and it cuts him in two. Like, it was pretty brutal. It was really uh, awesome. And, and yeah. Fantastic. Um, but, and, and, but 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 I thought that the whole plot on Kylo's part because Kylo's smart, but he's also impulsive. That I don't makes know. Sense, but but at the same time, so so then it, taking your your perspective on it, or what you, th- you originally yeah, yeah, thought, yeah. How does that explain what Kylo's plan was going into that room? What I, is his plan? I wonder. Was well, his plan to said, just turn around? His plan is still no. His plan is still he wants her to join him because. Yeah, remember the big mo- like so that what happened? Oh, okay. okay, so let's bring it next. So big team up moment. They both got lightsabers in hand. They fight off Snoke's guards together. By um, the way, maybe one of the best two or three oh scenes gosh, in the movie. Yes, oh yeah. my god, was it awesome! Yeah, I mean, when the two of them just the like, go back to back. The I know. Um, the actual threat that like they didn't take him out instantly. They, no, I mean, it was an actual. It was hard. Visceral fight. It know? was hard. Yes. It was. It was really the best. I mean, that scene is so oh, good. Fantastic. It's yeah. so good. Yes. And to see them team up, I'm so thrilled. And there'd been so many turns and emotions. My yeah. stomach was in knots in a pleasant way in all these different yeah. directions. And all of a sudden, bam! Right, the two right. of them are fighting. That's how you do a fight right. because that's how you set up stakes. Right. Right. You can have a million battles in space with lightsabers, and they can mean nothing. And right. It None of the fights in Force Awakens felt the way that this right, fight right, felt. Right, right, right. Just punchy and emotional and impactful. Oh, so yeah. good. Anyway. No, but my thinking it was his plan going in there was either the two of them or one of them kills Snoke and then takes care of everyone else. And then he wants to propo- make the proposition to Rey that um, let's leave behind all the old things. And this is where the ultimate difference comes between them. It's not even so much in morality. It's in terms of like, Ray wants more to adhere to the old ways of the Jedi, and as a light side, Kylo he he says, "Let's get it rid of everything: the Empire, the Rebels, the Sith, the Jedi." But I mean, very clearly, hang- he says, "Lead with order." Yeah, I mean, so still hanging on to the main principles, of the First Order, but do it in a way that he sees fit, not let a Snoke oversee them because. Why should he? Because we're more powerful. That's, Let's rule together. That's what made me think, though, that his plan was to distract yeah, Snoke so he with may the suicide. Have, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just have to remember. I mean, it, yeah, it was Ray's lightsaber, but yeah. I wonder if uh, we have to. That's look right. At, but I, that's where I need to do on a rewatch. But, yeah, um, I don't. I don't know, but that's that's really that, yeah, that yeah. changes everything for me. I really thought it was okay, his yeah. plan to do two sabers, and one was a sleight of hand trick, and one was what he was really yeah, yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that but, makes. I mean, I gotta go back and watch the exact. Yeah, moment. but either way, it's it's yeah. fascinating sure. what, what might have happened. In there and all the different you know machinations in different directions but anyway end of the story end of that scene is he's sort of down on the ground because the ship gets hit right um and she runs off right because um, she's uh, she's gonna hold on to her values her mo- and which is, is not a great uh, moment right it was it's, perfect it's really great that that happened. and that's where it was kind of like yeah it was a lot of cramming both empire and return of the jedi together into him because that's essentially the 
arc that Luke undergoes in Return of the Jedi. So right. it was being a lot t- to being have tempted this much. And then... Yes, it was a lot to have this much happen in the span of you know two and a half hours. But I also think it came together really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's pa- yes. let's pause on that one okay. and, we'll, and we'll we'll play out. We'll we'll talk about the whole ending, ending as, as, as a final thing. Yeah. Um. So then let's now talk about let's go back. So let's go back to. Okay, so we've established that yes, there's little friction within the resistance because Poe is being too gunko, etc. Um, so now we learn that um, even though you know they've gotten away from the from the first order, the first order can now actually track their ship through hyperspace somehow, new, right? And uh, and which makes them even more you know a giant problematic and yeah. impossible to they cannot just you can't escape. Them. Yes, you can't even hide. Right, right. So this changes everything. So they catch up with them. Well, they take out well, they well, they take out more of the uh, um guys, and then um this is where we get an awesome sequence from Leia where you think she's about to die because um she gets blown out into gravity. Also, Admiral Akbar dies. Rest in peace. Akbar. I know um, Akbar. It's a trap, man. Yeah, I know it's a trap. It, yeah. Um, but, also, in that scene, Kylo goes out there to prove himself. Yes. And decides yes. not to kill his mother. Yes. So again, it's reinstilled yes. how I mean, all these stories they, well, they intersect they, they so intersect, complicated. Yeah. But, but it, it was it's, all, I mean, now granted, this was a little cheesy, but still awesome. It was. It doesn't matter. You got it. You there's a balance there. We've always and known, they, he got yeah. it right. And I mean, it's hard. It's gonna be hard to make that not look corny in some way. She's floating through space and getting back to the ship because we all and we've always known that Leia is force sensitive. We've never seen her use. She it. doesn't really use. This it, is yeah. where she finally gets a badass moment to actually use and, it and, and so, save herself. And so this is a this is a character who people have been wanting to, to demonstrate her force powers yes. forever. But instead of doing it a conventional way and giving her a lightsaber or having her use the force to like force push somebody, yes. she uses it in a defensive, peaceful, loving yes. way to protect herself and continue to protect her people. Right. Which is which is awesome. Which is it's um, fantastic. What's really awesome about it too is that there's the meta aspect of all of this yes. in that she passed away on the filming of this movie, which is just the most tragic oh, thing, yes. right before a potentially num- episode nine was going to be her film, right. and now she's just gone. And I'm sure Abrams will figure out a way to handle it. They'll do but, something, but it's... But yeah. at this yeah. point in the movie, we're almost thinking, I was almost thinking, wow, that is this what they did? Did they write her out? Yeah, yeah. Because and that then, would work. It would. It would be sad, be but terrible. it would work. But no, we see her eyes open up, she gets back on the ship, and just defies everything then yeah. she falls into a coma while yeah. she falls into a coma the little tracker piece falls off of her yeah. finn picks it up and then that triggers him to run off and try to Fine, evacuate right, because he's tra- he wants to save ray uh, and um that's in when he meets rose who is um she's an engineer i think and so she like, is yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. she's very uh she's she's a little bit of comedic relief uh, yeah I love but yeah. also she, you know she's the, a fangirl she like is, yeah. she's like oh my gosh you're finn you're the uh you know the hero of the of the resistance, and he's like, huh, you know, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm not a hero. Yeah, and then yeah, also yeah. at the moment, he, even though it's not that selfish, it's what not he's that doing, he's, no, it's not it, like it he's trying seems, to run off. It seems like he's trying to escape. She turns really quickly, which is great about her character. Yeah, she's she's got a very clear sense of what's right and wrong, and she's very much like in the moment, going to do what's right always, right. every second. And, and that's she really stuns cool. him to prevent because she thinks he's going just full AWOL. Right, uh, and so and, then the two of them, he tells her what's going on. Um, the two of them team up. Right. And they figure, because she's got this technical and know-how. And she reveals that, yeah, she's the sister of... Um, well, we know son. that because well, we Well, I know, we know, thing. but, that, but yeah, but... But yeah. she she specifically says, yeah, um, yeah she, that yeah. my sister used to talk about you. Right, right. Um, so she's got a plan, but in order for them to enact that plan... They have to go 
on a rogue mission and get a code breaker breaker. so they can break the shields so that they can go in and then once they get there rose has the expertise to shut down this tracking mechanism right this is really the only way to save the fleet um poe dameron meanwhile hears about this plan from them and he has to buy them time so in this whole experience now we have um um Leia in a coma. Yes. So who comes to power to sort of run the ship? But Admiral Laura Dern. Yes. I'm just going to call her that because I can't remember her name. No. But But anyway, Laura Dern steps up. And I have to say, although uh, she's pretty cool. Yeah. But the pretty is necessary because I don't mean pretty as attractive, but kind of cool. Yeah. Because when she came on the screen, as good as she was, I also felt a little awkward. And I always felt that way with her. I don't love her performance. I feel like it's a little out of place. I feel like although it's a good performance given what she had, I feel like it was miscast. I feel like she could have been a better casting. Trying to think of who would have been a good one. You know who I think um, the one, the woman, this kind of random, but I don't know, the one who plays McGonagall in Harry Potter. I kind of think she would be. I could see like, that totally. Yeah, I uh, could see that totally. Because she had the more, like, I, Laura Dern, I don't think, was the right fit to do, because, uh, to do the, like, stern, like, you know, yeah. um, like, I'm, yeah, get a uh, nice try, trigger, happy moron, you know. like Yeah, uh, yeah like, it, it, it wasn't quite right, and there yeah. needed to be a little more, I don't know, a little more authoritativeness yes, in her. She's a little exactly bit, little bit physically yeah. wimpy for it. Yeah. Um, it, It's just, it wasn't quite right. It was just, was it kinda, felt it, off. She felt like a hippie kind of resistance fight yeah that yeah that said the character as it was written if it hadn't been played by her was a fantastic role right i mean right down to the when she says so long rebels i was like oh and i like that kind of sounds like shit but it's a great line but it sounds bad yeah and i like the tease that you think she's just a coward and she's trying to like get everyone you know just to run and brilliantly and the fight and then, you know, a sacrifice Surprises and, and turns where yes. you're not even expecting a turn. Yes. yes. I mean, just in a great... I love that when... So so the movie's got all these things like Ray's parents and, you know, Kylo Ren, is he going to turn? Is he going to turn? And all that kind of stuff that's like the surprises we're, we're expecting. When's it going to happen when we find out? When's it going to happen when we find out? But don't I love it when part of the surprise is that there's a surprise period. Yeah. You know? And that yeah. was what this was. Yeah. We didn't even know. So so Finn does this great... I mean, not Finn. Uh, Ooh, Robin Ho- Wright would have been a good one, too. Yes, but, yeah. very good. Uh, about, yeah. In fact, perfect. Yeah. That, in fact, yeah. in fact, yeah. perfect. Now that you mention it, and they're about the same caliber. Robin Wright's really become famous lately, right? But they're about. I mean, that. she granted she, she had done two it. huge blockbusters this year, but still, she would have been awesome. so perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was a small yeah, yeah. role. She would have been great yeah, in it, yeah. and then she dies. So that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, the um, Poe Dameron. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, it was something about um, he's trying to buy them. T- he, uh, oh he yeah, he does the yeah and... he does the uh, he 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 takes her hostage to buy them time. Right. Um, and then she comes back against him and puts him down. And you really feel when she does that, genuinely like, oh my god, she just doomed everybody. Yes. With her with her ignorance and her old thinking. Right. And, and then there's... when you find out that you were wrong by misjudging her and yes. she had a plan. What a great and, like triple and you knew turn! There, I mean, Leia wouldn't just put anyone in charge of the resistance. You know, yeah, Leia knows could, what she's doing. Well, no, no, no. But that's the yeah. thing, though. It, it, what they say earlier to kind of help. I mean, Ryan Johnson's so brilliant. Yeah, the way yeah, that he yeah. tees, the way that he tricks you, smart people that are really listening, is he has them say that other woman comes up and says the ascendancy path is quite clear. Mm-hmm. This is who takes over. Yeah, almost implying. But not implying that, well, this wouldn't be the best choice, but this is who we got. Yeah. That was almost implied in it, but only because that's how I read it. Yeah. I mean, it's just – every line is just so well thought out. And so – I mean, 
And and I, I love your point that you made, and I think you made it in our little 14, 10, 15-minute little blip we, we played earlier about okay. how Ryan Johnson is the only credited writer yes. uh, on this. And, and, and it he's really a, shows o- that the voice is unified. He's the only one besides George Lucas who's been the sole writer director of a star wars and, movie. and it's so it's so it's such a unified voice uh it's so clear that yes. you know there weren't a bunch of cooks in the kitchen fucking up the broth right right um and it, there, i mean i again we'll get more into it but i mean i do have issues with the movie it's, it's not perfect by any means but to have such a bold auteur vision executed with you know just commitment passion and I thought the execution overall was brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so um, the surprise okay, so with that, the so the surprise with the mutiny and the non-mutiny right, and the right. escape and all that kind of stuff aside, on. we have Finn, Finn and, and Rose. Rose. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about this little. This um, is an interesting thing to talk about because this is a place that a lot of people had problems. I mean, I had a friend who hated Rose and like. I don't love her. I don't I love like her, her. But I, I thought she was fine. I thought she had a uh, good voice. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of this like fangirl turned heroine. Yeah. Um. I thought she and Finn had a really good chemistry. I thought it was surprising. Yeah. It wasn't a decision that I I was expecting them to make because that was my hesitancy going in was not about her. It was just the too many characters. Th- three new supporting characters. Uh, um. Two of them played by big name actors. I was like, how are they going to incorporate all this into? Because what the first time I heard Benicio del Toro was in it, I'm like, he could easily be like a new main villain. I mean, how, but how is that going to work? You know. Um, and then we find out he's the new Lando Swords. We'll get to that soon. But, um, okay, so Finn and Rose go off. They So they're on a mission to find this codebreaker that Maz Kanata has uh, um, said. That, she gets that a little that. cameo. She gets a little cameo, and um, she says, I know this guy, he's on this casino planet, etc. Go find him. They go to this casino planet, which I love. I love this world I so love much. the world so the, much, too. What I love about it most, it's a perfect culmination of old and new, because... The exterior looks a lot like Naboo. You've got the kind of like weird oval-shaped buildings. Um, just it's a nighttime. Uh, you know, you've got the aesthetic there reminded me a lot of Naboo. Then um, you've got sort of a pod racing connection with these I don't know like creatures that ra- force-like you know, like creatures. Force-like creatures. Yeah. Um, and then the interior is very is like Moss Eisley meets Vegas, and so. I love that all of this comes together in a way that makes it really unique, really fun, really engaging, and it feel again, it feels like a really good combination of old, nostalgic, and incredibly new and fresh. Um, so they go to this planet. There, uh, you know, it takes after a little bit of searching around, they find this code breaker that they're supposed to. Um, they get, see him. They he's see got him. this little like uh, pin. Yeah, he's like them a red know who pin. he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Only to find that um, they get arrested here on this and because um, of double parking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, which yeah, is I mean. silly, but that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, they get brought, brought to the brig. Yeah. And this is an, of this of their arc. Probably my favorite part is yes. Benicio del Toro. Oh, absolutely. Um, he's so my favorite he, newcomer. Oh, he's oh yeah. no question. Yeah. Um, so he he pops up um in jail with them and he overhears what they say and I love his character because. Yeah. His 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 uh, ability as an actor is so clear when when he pops up as opposed to uh, just some random actor that would normally play that mm-hmm. kind of role because it is a bit of a smaller role. 
it, it just has a weight to it that's it's clear this guy has made 55 movies yes. and is a, a brilliant actor it's similar because to the nuance okay. of it the nuance of it is so good the way that his he has a lisp and a stutter but not a stupid one no no not, not a, at all. it's it's his own it's a it's a real character as opposed to being a caricature yes. and 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 the way he goes i i couldn't help but but be woken up because you were talking really loud and the way he's just like he's like he he, he he's got traits that he's probably thought out for this character right and you see little glimpses of them right. but i couldn't tell you like does the guy have migraines mm-hmm. is he a fast thinker yep. or is he a real strategic guy yep. is he a little bit like like crazy but it works for him like what is it you know it's 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 he's a, an interesting soup of of traits and 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 just a fascinating character to watch because you never know what he's going to do yes. and how impressive he's going to be. His little toolkit is rad for breaking codes and all that new tech. Because one of the things that I notice, especially when you, when you see that that Luke's hand is still this old school mm, robotic hand, yeah. it really pointed out to me something people have known for a long time is that Star Wars is very much about blending like future looking tech with like very robotic old school like like basic stuff. Right. And so when you look at his all the tech in the movie it's like that but when you look at his little kit it actually involves like little razor blade looking things that have little code algorithms on them and he slides them in and then that helps him hack in just this really cool way yeah i I just love the hacking mechanism that they use and his character is just so excellent and i love that you know you have rose who is the picture of morality you've got finn who's like 75 percent moral mm-hmm. but 25 percent like ooh, this place is so beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. and then you have him benicio del toro who's not evil or good he's amoral right he is right. completely amoral he does he just believes in like, oh, the world is fucked this. up I the, this. Yeah, the world is fucked up. up yeah and if i am going to surf through it somehow right i'm gonna have to catch good and evil waves right and i'm just gonna surf i mean he'll do jobs for the resistance or the first order depending on what he gets paid you know right and um and there's you know, a and tinge sim- that he's got there's a tinge that he sympathizes with the good guys yeah i, I mean Be- it's similar to lando like i mean uh, how you know uh and grant lando became full you know good guy obviously um, that's, I'm still waiting for him to show up in this trilogy too. I uh-huh. mean, like, Old I really Orlando. hope episode yeah. nine, but, um, but yeah, here it's like, yeah, he's got exactly that vibe of like a charisma character. And I just want to say about the Tora too, it's really, it's similar to what he did in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, very limited screen time, but he had to play this ultra bizarre character and do a lot with the time he had and he nailed it there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's similar here too. I mean, I just yeah. all the different turns and and arcs, uh, uh, things that happen with him, yeah. and him like coming through for them. That really great moment where he, you know, at first takes Rose's uh, uh, necklace, yes, and then he ends up using it for his yeah, hacking yeah, yeah, yeah. and then giving it back. And so, Finn's pissed at him for that because he's like, you know, you know how much that means to her. But then, all, yeah. yeah, so that's the thing about Finn. He's a little impulsive, yeah, and 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 like anyway, um, so. And a little bit stupid, almost like some of the things Finn does well, are a little bit to Han too. right, I mean, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, impulsive yeah. and and yeah. sometimes not right, yeah. you know. Um, but it, at the end of the day, he's got a heart of gold, you know? right, right. Um, but that was a really good moment, and then the double cross at the end was a great moment, especially in light of the fact that Finn and Rose do escape, uh-huh. and when they do escape, I thought back on his words about saying like, uh, you know, yeah, we'll see, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you, you know, I. We got caught, and I made a deal. He didn't betray them. Uh-huh. Well, he did, but he – yeah, he did. But what he – but at the same time, he didn't betray them until they got caught. 
You know what I mean? That's yeah, what he said. He didn't make that deal yeah. beforehand. No, no, no. I mean, true, that's true. a an important distinction. True, true. If yeah. he had from the beginning been Whereas a trader. Lando made the deal before they got, yeah. He, right. Yeah, that's a big like, distinction. So, just before you got here. I did, yeah, right. There's yeah, a big yeah, distinction yeah. in the fact that he only, he was playing, he was fully on their side. It's yeah. like he's got loyalty until it ends. Right. And then when it ends, he he's goes He's not full. willing to sacrifice himself for. You know, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. that's the only thing he does wrong, mm-hmm. is not willing to sacrifice himself. Because if he hadn't done that, he would not have escaped. Right. Period. Right, right. And so that is how you can excuse his behavior, potentially. And then he, and then the kid is just like, you'll see what you know what's going to happen, yeah. and it's going to be bad for you. And he goes, yeah, you may be right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought about him later in the movie when things go good for Finn and Rose, or at least they don't die, they get out of there. It's almost like, look how fate is so fickle and funny. Yeah, yeah. And that guy's mm-hmm. like, it, it, it resonated, it re-resonated with yes, me. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, that's a, and, um, but yeah, so it adds this nice little kind of like Firefly Rogue Mission um, team up with the three of them. It needed um, it because really there needed it. more locations. Yes, yes. It, because it was very much um, on the ship with, uh, with Kylo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, On the planet with Luke for so yeah, yeah. much of it. Um, this weird mild mind meld force world that they're in, but it's really yeah, the yeah. island and the ship still. Right. Um, and then until the very end, there's re- when they land on that rebel planet. Right, there's right. really no other places. Yeah, uh, that, well, the salt. Uh, yeah, the salt planet at the end. At the end, the rebel yeah, place. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, no, so, a lot so, of it takes place in space. So with that, which is cool because yeah, it's yeah. Star Wars, mm-hmm. but without that, without this detour to this Lux planet, which you know, I, I've heard some people say the movie drags in the middle, and this is the part they quote. I don't think it drags at all. I think no, it, I, I don't. I, don't, oh gosh, I mean, I, don't I thought know how to it, get bored. I, I mean, it was. I, yeah. That's the thing about movies for me is I do have the tendency to get a little bit bored in them. Sure. And this one, I oh, was oh, riveted was, the yeah, whole time, yeah, and yeah. I was so pleased about that right, right. that I wasn't. Finally, I was like, oh my god, I'm enjoying myself thoroughly the whole time. Right. Right. Um, but that planet, I will say on the negative side, I wish it had been a little less heavy-handed. I wish it had been a little bit less with. Wait, the, which one are we talking about? Uh, this, this, the. Um, the Luxo um, Casino the Planet. Oh, no, the casino. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I wish it had been a little bit less with the... Now, I, a lot of people are all like, oh, it's so PC yeah, and I, it's so feminist. And I don't see that at all. No, I really... However, I, mean, I think it could have been a little bit less with the whole, like... Um, Look at these people; they're so they're all so evil, and a little more with the gray areas that the yeah. rest of the movie's good at per- right, perpetrating. Right, right, right. Um, but, but at the same time, I think it makes. I mean, Rose says that, but uh, yeah, she's gonna have an inevitable sort of uh, view in that direction about uh, against you know the rich and sort because she's born into slavery. She had right. to literally. I mean, she's not a you know unbiased like, an unbiased feminist like you know that you could that people are accusing her of being like she's literally thrown into slavery she has to fight her way her entire life so yeah she's gonna be mad that there is a world that is literally benefiting from war profiteering and selling weapons right. to the first order right. that i don't think and it was really just a quick line it wasn't like yeah you know they didn't linger on it and I, and it was also cool when when like they free the animals and then she goes now it's worth it right before they think they're dead yeah 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 i mean and then the, and then benicio del toro comes yeah. and saves the day i mean it's just so many great moments right right yeah. god it's so many great moments but no i have people on the internet who just like hated rose yeah but i don't know i mean whatever but i mean what yeah I, if I you want to start you screaming things like social justice warrior whatever yeah. go ahead and scream i think um, she i don't think, I think so. she's gonna be a really good role model for you compare, know, this, compare this compare really this to Avatar if you want to talk heavy handed and emotional and Seriously, environmentalism. Right, right. Like that is a movie that is ludicrously politically right, right. 
the entire shallow time. and yeah, shit. Yeah. The entire this time. had one part where it talks about that, and then also Benicio del Toro's whole character is is built on where he's this location, right? And right. this idea of you know being neutral, yeah. and then especially when he gets on that war profiteering ship and he goes, you know, look at this. He made his money building ships for the bad guys, mm-hmm. and oh look. Some for the good guys too. Yeah. So it's not. It, it's just. It's interesting. It shows that there's a gray area. It doesn't show that. Yeah. Oh no! Look at these evil war profiteers. It shows yeah. that you know they're war profiteers, but the good guys need them too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's all I, I'm saying. It's and more, like I said, it wasn't something they lingered on. It was one line, and they dropped it and kept the story going. And and what a romp through that place with the with the animals running. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I, I was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. it was a it was a tornado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. even know what to look at next. It right, was exciting right. and interesting. I, sure. I I enjoyed that part a lot. Sure. Um so I'm trying to think if there's anything else we left out before we get to the culmination. I think not. Did we get everything? Um, well, I guess the, the Finn and Phasma uh, final fight. Oh so, yeah, yeah. After, so, so talk about that. Yeah, so that was there. nothing to me. Oh really? I really enjoyed it. But what I mean, was it? even like nothing even we don't really it, it's just well i mean a they're mini fight yeah but i mean they have a direct connection to each other because of his past with her in... yeah i mean because yeah, she was the one trained him and everything and um saw his uh you know that he was verging on leaving the first See, i order forget a lot of that, that backstory oh yeah no it they're very important together and so um, but wasn't she just like they bring her in and then just kill her real quick? They didn't kill her. Th- well, well, yeah. He, I mean, they had a final fight though. But then, so, but why even bring her back into this movie in that scene? Because it, she's cool and she didn't really get to fight in Force Awakens because they you know, they threw her into the trash compactor because they um, needed her to get access to Starkiller base. Remember when Han uh-huh. and Finn um, right. enter the base? But oh, I thought it was perfect because they gave uh, you know. Because, uh, I mean, Finn hadn't really had a good fighting moment up until this point. I just feel like she just and, appears out of nowhere all of a sudden. Oh, there's Phasma. Why isn't she in well, the room? That, but Why she, isn't she in the room earlier when, it, like, the big dogs are talking? But it's kind of an extended universe connection, too, because there's a comic that explores... Uh, I haven't read it yet, but um, in between 7 and 8, how she escapes the trash, come back there, gets back. But, I mean, she's a very elite member of the First Order. She's not just a stormtrooper. She, but why isn't she hanging out in, like, the main room with everybody? Why does she just, like appear all of a sudden i think it made it more cool theatrical to do it that way yes i don't yeah. know I, I, oh i like anyway. it I okay yeah, yeah all right but, but uh, i, I thought it was like, a little throwaway but i mean but... uh yeah but basically I, I don't know i thought it was cool that she's gonna be the one to execute them and then what was it that um the ship uh, gets hit the ship gets hit and that takes out a bunch of stormtroopers and it gets hit and by the gets... sacrifice of laura Dern. again yeah. right, again right, just these right. little okay, yeah, yeah. things tying that together together yeah yes. And so that paved the way for Finn and Phasma to have a showdown. Oh, I love that moment. I thought it was great. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't dislike yeah, yeah. it. It was a great fight to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't understand why it was her. I, I think if you I, go I back know. and watch Force Awakens, okay. you'll see more of the yeah. All right, we'll do. We'll yeah. do. Cool. Um, anything else before we get to the final? That's it. Because then, yeah. And okay, the, cool. And now, yeah, the last act is brings everything together. So let's okay, talk so about we'll it. talk so, about the ship getting hit. So go back to that to explain that. Okay, so the we, ship gets hit. Um, that prevents um, the ship from taking out the last couple because it is really a crapshoot which of those which of those escaping vessels is yes. going to make it to the yes. rebel planet. Could have easily been the one Poe and yes. Leia were on. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of little things in this that's like you know the force was with them, man, because it could have been their ship and that would have been the end. Right. Um, and it wasn't, and right. so that like three or four of the ships land 
and the other eight of them or ten of them. And there is so much destruction in this movie. There is so much death, and that you know they don't they don't linger on it. It's a Star Wars movie, but those bombers all blew up at the beginning. Yeah. Um, the fleet is almost decimated. They took out the hospital vessel. They took out all the extra vessels. All that was left was the cruiser, and then these escape pods. And then the escape pods go. The the cruiser gets destroyed in the end by Laura Dern doing the sacrifice. The escape pods go, and like eight out of out of eleven of them are destroyed. Like almost everybody's dead. I mean, it is bleak. Yeah. And then they end up in this rebel base. They close the door, um, and it's this really heavy door. Um, and they're all hunkered down in there, and they think there's no way out. They're in there with these little, these little snow, uh, snow foxes yeah, who are yeah. freaking awesome, by yes, the way. The like creatures, those. in fact, were just those great were awesome. in general. Um, but that, and then um, the the first order led by Kylo is furious. He knows exactly where they're going. Mm-hmm. He says, "We're going there too. Mm-hmm. Let's go." And so they they touch down. They've got walkers, very reminiscent of um, the. Right, but very reminiscent of the fight um, that begins. Um, they were part of half. Right, Empire. right. Yeah. Um, except in this case, it's the end instead of a beginning. Right, right. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. And then um, there's this thing that Finn knows about, which is a uh, cannon. Yes. Um, which which basically um, wait, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember how. Finn and Rose. Oh, yeah, they skitter in at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Finn and Rose skitter in on that ship, which is, again, really well done. And, uh-huh. and right before the other bad guy ships get there, they shut the door. Right. Um, and then Rose says, I mean, Finn says, out there there's this cannon, and it's going to blow this door down in a second. Poe po knows what it is. He says, uh-huh. one of the two of them says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that it's going to blow down the door. So they, this is the final frontier, uh, 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 confrontation. Right. So Ray is, like, about to come in. Um, what is Ray doing? Oh no, she's gonna go to. The, she's on the ship at this point. Yeah, she's still on the Falcon. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and well, she, having I mean, escaped. Yeah, yeah, well, no, yeah. no. Once the once the ship, we have to go back a bit. So once the ship right. explodes, um, Ray is is grabs you know escape pod or somehow yeah, gets yeah, to the, yeah, gets yeah, the Millennium yeah, Falcon yeah, yeah. and yes. books out. Yes. So she's off and she's gonna try to get to everybody and yes, help them in time. Yeah. Um, right. And so that's what she's doing. So in this whole period, she's not there. Um, and so they then are like, all right, well, this is our last stand. Um, so Leia puts out a distress call to everybody in the universe. She uh-huh. says, um, if you ever want to, had a love for the for the resistance, and come she knows now. there are allies out there, right? So, so she says, come one. now. She yeah. says, use my personal code. Yeah. Um, so they do that, and then they're all thinking we're we're done. And even Leia says, I tried to hold on to this rebellion and this spark, but the spark is finally out. That's it. Um, and they decide uh, who was it that inspires them? Luke shows up. Yeah, yeah. This is the big. Well, and so Luke shows up, uh, and you know this is the big moment where like yes, he's coming back. He's gonna face Kylo, etc. Uh, and um, he goes. He reun- has a touching reunion with Leia, etc. And then um, th- the well, wait, because um, I know he goes out and to face Kylo and everything, but that's after. That, yeah, because what happens? Because the thing with Finn and Rose happens. First. Yeah. So what I think happens first is that 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 before Luke shows up, they say, uh, Finn speaks up when everybody's dejected. Yeah, yeah. And says there are people out there. They will come, but we need to buy them time, guys. Yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, let's yeah. do this. Right. So they go right. out in these little skitter ships, which yes. are awesome. Yes. These little like they 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 they're like sand cruisers. They yeah, yeah. they use the sand with a fin in the sand, and right. they fly somehow, which is just really cool. Right. Um. And uh, they're basically going to just go and try to attack and buy them time until somebody comes. While that's going on, I believe, is when Luke rolls up. 
He walks yes. in the back door. Um, and he looks awesome, and everybody is so happy. That yes. was, now, the crowd There's, we were with, there were very few outbursts, right? but this is when people start yes. cheering and getting excited, um, which means the movie was crescendoing just right. Right, right. Um, and it's just so well done. Um, and he gets there, and he talks to Leia, and the first thing he wants to say is, uh, you know, they just have a great moment where he's just like, I, I'm, I'm, I just want to tell you that. And she goes, I know, I changed my hair. You know, and they do a little joke, and <laughs> yeah. they get some levity, and then finally he just apologizes, and then he says, "But I'm going to go out. Th- I'm going to go out there. This is my end. But I'm going out there, and I'm going to face him this time. Though I'm sorry, I can't. I can't save him." She says, "I understand. He's gone." Yeah. Um. So and he's trying to buy them time. Well, oh no, that's first. First, yeah, this yeah, yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, first, yeah. Uh, the the re- the Finn and uh, uh, Rose and all of them. The uh, they try. They're all basically destroyed or have yeah. to leave because they're not gonna. They're they're outnumbered. They're being destroyed. Right. They turn. Most people turn back. But Finn has an ultimate hero moment. He goes directly into the to the nose. He thinks right. his ship's gonna try to throw us in the cannon and sacrifice himself. Um, but Rose takes her ship and knocks him out. Um, and knocks him off yeah. course. Yeah. In just an amazing moment because I was right. sure Finn was dead. Oh, I know. I was and sure was, they were gonna kill was, Finn. It was hard, It was gonna be heartbreaking. But I was like, and, but that's yeah. that's a good way for Finn to go out. It yeah. would have been. It would have been worth it. Right. Right. Uh, worthy of his character. Um. But no, she saves him. Um. You know, she's basically hurt in the process. He brings her back into the cave, and and then that's it. Um. Then Luke goes out and he's going to buy them time or whatever. We don't know his yeah, plan. Yeah, he's yeah. just going to go out there. So he goes out there and he just like basically says, "Here I am." Um, and then Kylo sees him and says, "Stop shooting everything else. Fire, Fire everything, everything on that, that man. man." And then it keeps doing it for like what seems like two minutes of film time. Just yeah, yeah. and then Hux is just getting disgusted. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's "What like, are you doing?" And that's something when Hux is disgusted. He's like. Yeah, he's dead. Come on, let's. Yeah, like get over it. And then he stops shooting finally, and Luke's still there. And that's when our crowd cheered even more. I mean, that was the big. It was amazing, and then people were just like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" Well, that was the first of the huge tears, and the biggest one was was a little later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then um, Kylo says, "That's it. I'm going out to the ground." Yeah. So he goes to the ground, and this is where now this is an interesting distinction because a lot of people are talking about, and you are correct, and I saw technically not a full-on lightsaber duel in The Last Jedi. Right. Um, the, There's the, a face-off, and this is a great face-off. Don't get me wrong. I actually think yeah. it's as good as any duel. Yeah. Um, however, there's no clanging of two lightsabers at any point in this entire movie, apparently. Yeah. Um, no, so not. you are absolutely correct about that. However, the way that they choreographed this, the way, the way that it's done, basically just Luke like ducking out and doing yeah. everything he can to not reveal certain factors. Um, they just, they fight, and then, you know, in the end... Kylo is going to win. He gets a slice through him, and then he and then Luke's still standing there. Right. And he's like, "How is this possible?" And then they do a flash, and it is the most uh, exciting, amazing, amazing moment of the movie. You see that Luke is back on the island, sitting there, Indian style, projecting himself. Yes. Our theater went nuts. Oh, it was insane! It was yeah, the place was. I mean, it was so Roar. awesome. Yeah, it yeah. was uproarious. Yeah, yeah. Our audience was a cinema score A plus. They yes. loved it. Yes, it was. I was so pumped. It yeah. was so exciting. This is why seeing movies in the theater is so great with oh, a movie yeah. like this, especially yeah, yeah. Thursday night preview showing like well, we went I mean, to in the IMAX. This is not, yeah, 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 but yeah, I mean, I mean it was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And so that that's basically what happens there. Um, and, uh, you know, that's he, he basically has, has, has teased Kylo. Right. Um, and then what happened? And by that, that point, the resistance has had time to regroup and flee. So, again, this intertwining narrative, we're seeing that cut yeah, with yeah. the resistance trying to get out. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, Poe finally is like, there's got to be another way out of here. There's got to be. And then he looks back and one of those little snowy foxes Uh is running. They run all the way to this place where the snow foxes are escaping through the back. And and then they run into this big pile of rocks that they can't get through because only a tiny little hole. Ray then rolls up in her Millennium Falcon and finally we see the manifestation of her force powers as she clears the rocks away and they all reunite. And it is beautiful. Beautiful, stunning, gorgeous moment. Yeah. Um, and while she's doing it, a connection is once again made with her and Kylo, um, showing that they're so connected. I mean, they were close at this point, right, in proximity, right, right, right. But they're so connected that they don't even need Snoke to connect them. They are yeah. connected yeah. somehow, yeah. which does sort of tease at the possibility that maybe they're brother and sister, you know, or maybe I, I guess that's not possible because Leia would know it, or maybe she's just not telling. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Want that out. I, don't know I know you don't want that to happen, but I'm saying J.J. Yeah. J. Abrams is making the third movie, True. and it is not Ryan Johnson's third movie. I know. Yeah. Um. So we'll have to see what happens with it. Now, granted, Kathleen Kennedy probably makes those kind of big calls. I think the, those big calls have already been determined before. You know, regardless of the director. I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. Um. But anyway, um. Either way, they're very yeah. connected. The two of them. Yeah. And um. And so they go off, and it actually oddly enough the final shot of the movie is not you know this big um glorious team up and them you know um going to try to find a new base and all that rather would be a a tie back to empire instead we get one more cut and we go back to the casino planet because we met the uh, when they were in the jail cell we met um this group of kids there that were uh you know slaves they they, they sweep up Yeah, yeah yeah and so um and the uh camera turns to one of them this boy who oddly enough looks well, a lot for, well, like... Well, first they're in the inside telling the tale. Telling right, Getting all right. pumped up yes. about what Jedis yes. are and saying, yes. and then and then they're speaking another language, yes. but you can hear when the girl says know, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. And so she's making this little doll Which move. Which is just like in Return of the Jedi when C-3PO was telling the story, uh, their whole story to the Ewoks, and he's telling it in another language. Um, so um, that, and so yes, and so we go to this clip of, uh, this shot of this boy who looks strikingly reminiscent uh, as Anakin and Luke. Right. Um, and so we get that he's probably Force-sensitive, and he has the Rebel, uh, or the Resistance symbol, um, like the emblem there. No, but he also, one. do you know that what happens next? Oh, it was a coin or something. No, like, no, no, no. no. Like, I didn't see it either when we no, saw the movie, what? but I read about it. Hmm. He uses the Force to grab the broom. I did not see that. Yes. Like, wow. okay. Yeah, he has the Force okay. powers. I mean, and it was that, clear I didn't see that, that he was it was clear. But, How yeah. do you? Where did you get he was clear as Force-sensitive? Well, just the, I mean, he's the whole arranging of that shot. and Well, how would um, that say he's Force-sensitive? Yeah, so I that's know, the thing to me. All it said to me at that point was, not that he's Force-sensitive, but that he is, you know, he's going to be the next generation yeah. of Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, I didn't see it. I know you didn't see it. But there was a moment, apparently, where he yeah. grabs the broom with the Force. Yeah. So that's what tells us that he's force sensitive. So I'm just saying okay, we didn't yeah, know yeah. until that. Okay. Um. So that's the moment that that gets told, and basically the idea is, and, and a lot of people are framing it like this, and I think it's a good yeah, frame, yeah. is that, um, this movie really as a whole is about the fact that heroes can come from anywhere, uh-huh. yeah. um, and that it doesn't matter who Ray's parents were, she can be the most powerful force user in the galaxy, and these kids who come from nothing and are slaves yes. discarded on this planet are going to be the future biggest heroes of the universe. Yeah. And that is really the message of the movie if you have one. Right. And I think the fact that Ray's parents are nobodies can ties her to the Skywalker legacy and to Anakin even more. 
than if she were a Skywalker because think about it Anakin's mother was a slave his he didn't even have a father he was conceived by many chlorians there was nothing pinpointing him to being the most powerful being in the universe how ludicrous and is yet, that it was, yeah <laughs> midichlorians come on see i never people I, okay, have an issue I'm with one that. Of the how star, do you make I'm, a baby with midichlorians see i'm one of the rare star wars fans i never really had a problem with midichlorians because not that's a little weird but the the, the concept of them though no, that's fine is that i mean after generations and generations of jedi you're telling me that it's inconceivable to have a quantifiable way to measure someone's no, force ability. No, I'm totally with that. Yeah. How did midichlorians make a baby? Yeah, I know, no, I know. I don't know how to explain <laughs> that. That's a George Lucas thing. Okay. Just but, keep in mind, The Phantom Menace, it never went through rewrites. He turned in the original draft, and that was the movie. Anyway, so the point is, though, that Anakin came from really nothing. Yeah. And so is she now. Yeah. And it's very possible. The Force doesn't just, like, appear only in this special right. race. I right, mean, it's, right. it's equal opportunity, and yeah. that is a really good message for the movie. Yeah. And it really – and it is the – It the, resonates. It definitely is. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's talk overall. Um, I Man, I, I left this movie feeling like this is the kind of – and I tweeted about it a couple days later because I mm-hmm. wanted to give it some time. Yeah. My thought was it's probably my favorite Star Wars movie ever. And not only that – but it's also the kind of experience going to the movies is supposed to be yeah. mm-hmm. in this day and age. So yeah. many of these movies, and we like them all, these Marvel movies and these right, DC right. movies, they're, they're, they're really fun. But they, this is on a Another whole level. different level in terms of just being fascinating and interesting mm-hmm. and, and even more than The Force Awakens, just surprising. And, 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 and the real balance you have that's so tough with a movie like this is to have surprises and not have them and, and, and not have them be out of left field or feel stupid yeah. once you think about it later. So that's what you talk about. Jordan talks about it a lot. Sometimes you talk about it. This concept of you see the movie the first time and it's riveting and then you watch it again or time goes by and it loses its luster. And I think one of the real underlying causes for that is when it doesn't make sense or these, these decisions that are great to surprise you in the end – uh, uh, belittle the narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, I felt that every decision he made was super surprising, or a lot of them were. Not right. everyone. A lot of them went went left instead of right. But every time one happened, I was like, of course that's what should happen. Mm-hmm. I think I said this in our yeah. our little blip. But that yeah. is just how I felt this whole time. Is just how how clearly right his decisions were. And and I I just think it's fascinating that there's so much backlash to this movie because I just think it's so perfect. And it just goes to show you you will never please, please everyone. everyone. No, no. Um, so, I mean, but I was I mean, like I said, I came out of it thinking you know I of course I loved it right. and uh, I fully justify every decision Johnson made. Granted, there were, I mean, the quips I have were more minor things like, uh, you know, some of the jokes in there could have been, like, like one of them I would have left out would be when um, Bray and Kylo have one of their connections and he's shirtless and she makes a joke. She's like, oh, can you put something on? Because right there, that kind of ruined the tension for me for a moment there. So that would have been left out. I love the gag about uh, when... Luke reunites with R2, and uh, he's still at that point refusing to train Rey, and R2 pulls up the iconic voice message from Leia from New Hope, and he's like, oh, cheap trick there, you know, that was good. So things like that, but those are minor things, like I would have, you know, adjusted and all that. As far as all the big narrative decisions that everyone is complaining about, I thought they were spot on, and I thought that Ryan Johnson had such a wonderful vision for this movie, and to see it all come together just blew me away as a lifelong star wars fan as someone who did come i mean and 
uh, you know, is would have been highly critical if I didn't agree with Luke's decisions here. Because I mean, how many action fi- Luke Skywalker action figures do I have in my room? Not one, but three, because I have one from each of the original trilogy movies. I have posters everywhere. I mean, I Mark Hamill is one of my heroes. I mean, if there's any Star Wars fan who's going to be pissed, take, uh, pissed at you know what I if I felt was a betrayal, betrayal of, his core of his character or anything like that. Yes, you would. Be, I would be the one commenting on that, it, and I loved it. It's interesting, you know, when we first heard about not first, but but in the last year in the lead up to this, yeah, yeah. you were telling me that when when Hamill read the script, he fundamentally um, disagreed at he, first, and yeah. and really thought like this is this isn't Luke. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I heard that, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder yeah. what kind of decision he's going to make. And then when I saw the movie, I was waiting for the moment that was going to be – or the couple moments that right, were going right, to be right. like so out of character. Yeah. And it never came. Even though there's this moment where obviously he, he makes this split-second decision where he thinks he's going to yeah. do something horrible. And just seeing him well, depicted with that, the sword yeah. – just seeing him depicted with the sword and – standing over the bed of a guy about to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Just that image of, of Luke is, is pretty intense, I guess. But because I was so bought into the narrative and thought the decisions yeah, felt yeah. so earned and true, I never felt a moment where I was like, wow, this this shouldn't be what he does or well, this doesn't I think, feel right. I think beyond that, people were upset with him being old and cynical and um, refusing to train Ray and all this. But I thought it added uh, made it for a great arc for his character that I mean, yeah. even as a Jedi master he still has flaws and he still has conflicts and he's still not sure if he wants to repeat the cycle and you know and yeah, and he very much blames himself for the creation of Kylo Ren and it takes him up until the end of the movie to have his ultimate you know showdown and redemption and yeah, so look, yeah. that's a great way to bring in Yoda yes which so, we, I touched on earlier a yeah. little bit, but but Yoda um, is, is ultimate surprise there, yeah. a really great surprise, but not that's the thing. Everything he uses as surprise are things that have do have precedent in mm. the Star Wars universe. So he's obviously a student of Star Wars, yeah. And the the Force Ghost concept, like that's a thing, yeah. Um, and so because that's a thing, Yoda can come back in this trilogy, right? right, right? right. And I, I I love that he comes back only when I know you mentioned earlier that maybe he could have come back earlier or whatever I think he only can come back when it's absolutely essential when the fate of the universe is on the line Fair, so the yeah. reason that he came back at that moment was because we have to bring Ray back yeah. because if we don't if we don't save Ray from right. this fate then we will lose the whole universe is lost so th- it takes something that catastrophically right. important for these ghosts and we don't know the Which rules is they just abide like by when Obi-Wan returns to Luke and returns to the Jedi it's at a critical moment because Yoda has just died and Luke is conflicted over the idea of facing his own father because he knows that's the only way to save the galaxy is to confront Vader himself and he doesn't want to do it because he's now learned that it's his father. Right, right. So, I mean, it's these ultimate conflict moments that make them come out, but man, Yoda coming out yeah, yeah. was so great. Oh, was, yeah. Um, and, and I just... I don't know. I just think that was so. You know, cool. that was an actual puppet that wasn't CG, and that's why it looked kind of weird because it they, were, weird. They, they were kind of adhering to the really old, the old design from the original trilogy, so it looked a little, you know, it awesome, did look a little out of place. But it wasn't I was okay like with super, it. You know, I was but, okay with it. But it was just interesting that that was a puppet that wasn't. CG. That is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. Um, the team up. Of, I just want to go through my comments here that I had that I want to write sure. down. So Ray and Kylo teaming up is amazing. Yeah, Benicio. Um, him discarding the helmet so we could see his face. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Every word you just said in that sentence, that really great callback. Yeah. Um, so there's that callback where he says earlier in the film, 
He says every word you just said. He asks Ray, what is the force? And she describes it, and he goes, every word in that last sentence was untrue. True. Amazing. Yes. Um, and then I'm later not the on, last Jedi. The war is just beginning, et cetera. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. later on when he comes back and is able to do a callback to that mm-hmm. was so amazing. And then yes. at that moment, for you know, earlier in the film, he proclaimed the Jedi dead, and with Yoda's help even burns down the tree of the Jedi tree yeah, of knowledge yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. the books. Right, right, right. So we think. I, I've heard that they're actually in the ship, and you do see them later. I didn't oh, know really? that. Okay. But apparently Ray has saved the books. So the Jedi Order will continue. I only got to see it once this weekend because I had family in town, but I'm going again probably tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, oh, look at you. you. You feel guilty for not having seen it well, twice yeah, in three of days. Course. <laughs> of not course. Of course. That's... I said that this morning. I'm like, it's been out for 72 hours. I've only seen it once. What is this? <laughs> oh, stop. stop. Oh. Uh, letting down the fans, Kevin. Yeah, letting right? down the fans and yeah. yourself. Um, but um, but the, 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 the deal with... Um, uh, him at the end acknowledging because you know all this talk about Luke's the last Jedi and you know Ryan even said that and then he says I'm not the last Jedi yes. that is just what a, a, it's brilliant. a 180 and it's just so brilliantly done and so well earned I <laughs> did love we even that. talk about that yeah he becomes one with the force at the end that, we didn't well, talk yeah, about yeah, that I, forgot, yeah. I, I, I don't but love it I don't, I don't love but it but at the same time it is kind of cool because he's fulfilled his purpose yeah. and it's uh, another throwback to Obi-Wan because when Obi-Wan dies in New Hope yeah, technically Vader kills him, but as soon as his blade touches him, he disappears, and he is oh, he had totally uh, Obi Wan let himself die there, and he let himself become one with the Force because he, he knew his purpose had been served. Yeah, Same I just feel like here. I just feel like Luke was not old enough or decrepit enough to die yet. I mean, he used so much yeah, of his but power. He felt it- filled his purpose and and he can still cut well now that we've learned all the things he can do with the force even as a force ghost uh, he can easily come back in nine as a force ghost do all kinds of crazy things it's I mean, possible there's i mean it, it i wouldn't throw out any possibilities it's possible um yeah. but anyway i mean that was something a lot of people talk about i i just thought okay yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the decision they made I, sure. i'll buy it sure um i thought much more compelling was the fact that it was precedented earlier that snoke um, can bring two people together using tremendous power when you're that powerful. Yeah, yeah. And then they, and then he then uses it that same immense power yes. to bring himself all the way there as a force projection. I mean, it was just so well done yes. and so earned. Again, yes. so let that's one other thing we didn't talk about. Uh, Snoke. Everybody's pissed because yeah. we don't know who Snoke is, and he was basically created and then dropped. What do you? Th- I, obviously, I can see you're shaking your head. You yeah. don't care. I get that. But what is what? How do you respond to the idea that he was built up so much in the Force Awakens, and that we well, it's more fan built him up, but also is it? Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, he. I mean, do we really learn that much about the Emperor in the original trilogy? I mean, we learn way more about him in the prequels than than than. And the thing is, we still have another movie to go. We can easily. I mean, even though you're dead, we can still find out more about who he had uh, been, who he'd been, and the real story you know the full story behind kylo's origin and everything so i'm leaving that open for room to i i i, I came in yes i wanted some answers and stuff and i got the ones i you know i really wanted i don't need everything spelled spilled out for me right here and right now yeah. you know we still have another movie to go i don't want all the answers yet mm-hmm. so um it was a little surprising he dies and uh you know but no i didn't really need him to be the focus it's i mean like we said we didn't put him as one of the main stories here it's this it's his narrative is more connected to ray and kylo's story yeah he's not his own so yeah i would like to know if he i still don't think all the fan theories that still think he's going to be you know in some way how you know uh, an original trilogy character or something like that 
I, I think it's BS. But they're, I mean, they're fun to entertain. But I, I'm fully fine with the idea that he's just Snoke and that um, he's this figure who helped resurrect well, people, the idea pe- of the Empire. People's thought is though that he's so immensely powerful and is, and so yes. old and ancient yeah. that where the fuck was he? Right, right, right. Where has he been? But that's the thing. I still think we're going to get those answers. Okay. I mean, yeah. All right. Because, that's, I mean, that's interesting because yeah, yeah we don't the first order does sort of just exist when the movie starts well yeah yeah it's just like there's a but, first order but i mean that's well that's Wars. it that's we fine we can't get all the answers i mean once this trilogy is over i think we'll have a lot more because then they'll have more license to uh for extended universe stuff to go into more of that details and for episode nine to give us really all the answers we want it's going to be interesting yeah um so what do you oh let's talk one more thing and then i want to ask about the uh, abrams of it all and then we'll, we'll conclude with yeah. some rankings um, what do you think about all the new things that were uh, brought into this movie? So, um, first of all, I loved the Porgs. They were awesome, and the, and yeah, and, and Wookie. People and... were worried about them and all that, but I thought they. Had, I mean, they were in it just enough. They were barely in it, really. But there's about uh, four or five different gags with Porgs. Yeah, yeah, but no, they six. were they were fun. They looked cool. Like they added gerbils, levity. But... They were cool. And yeah, then, yeah. But the best scene was probably um, Chewie. Chewie was going to yeah, eat yeah, yeah. Oh, a Porg, awesome. and he yeah, couldn't yeah. eat it. Right. I'm good. glad he got more funny moments here because, like, uh, he got all his last big... I mean, he may still fight in 9, but, like, he got his big fight moments in uh, Force Awakens because that was him and Han's movie, you know? And I so kind of love I that got, Ray can talk to him now. Yeah, it's perfect. Isn't that right? She can? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'd have to go back and check. But yeah, I think I she can. She I think, that, I, think yeah. I saw her doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's cool. That is. Um, and then um, we also have the Snow Foxes. Yes, um, they were awesome. They're so beautiful. Yes. And then that really cool salt that they're flying through, yes. that's, that's like red salt. That yes. was really cool for that new planet. Um, let's see. And those those skitter ships are really cool. Um, what other creatures did we get? Um, oh, there were a lot of new creatures that we just got a glance of well, in the casino. The well, also yeah. in the casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of little, like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine the work just that one scene was, just to oh, give gosh. us that lived-in feeling. The aesthetic and, you know, make it feel fully fleshed out i think that was absolutely essential to making this movie yeah. feel well-rounded yeah absolutely um to have to have that i mean this movie really felt like three three to four movies worth of great content yes. it did not skimp on plot i was all. like is it over yet nope is it over oh my god it's still going yep um that's that's crazy okay um is there any other new things that we left out like new like uh oh there's the milk monster that that creates the milk that luke drinks oh yeah that was pretty funny yeah, um, yeah. but um okay oh yeah and then there's a fish. The, the caretakers that they kind of just oh, showed yeah. up a little after. That was they're a little cool. Weird, but they were cool. And Ray, and they didn't get along with Ray, which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. Because yeah, Ray yeah. is such a good person, but right, yet right. she still can't make a good impression yes, on them. Yes, um, Okay. Um, and then one last thing. Um, what, how much of this do you think was truly pre-planned, this movie, right. when Abrams was making for some awakens? Good question. Isn't that um, interesting to think about? I feel like they had to have at least the main story beats kind of at least somewhat planned out and talked out. Yeah. Uh, just because it had to all make sense. So I think a lot of it was, I mean, let's see. Lucas sold the franchise to Disney in 2012. Forest Awakens came out in 2015. Um, and that went through several drafts and, you know, and um, revisions and whatnot and um, a few different writers. But, yeah, I, I feel like when you're establishing a trilogy like this with such precision and magic that, yeah, you're going to have to at least have the big decisions about Ray and Luke and Kylo planned out beforehand. 
So I do that. I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, sure, sure. I'm not I just wonder because it had such an auteur feeling. Yes. Of yes. Uh, it had it had uh, Ryan Johnson's fingerprints yes, all over it. Yes. How much of that though was he able to just like tweak stuff versus right. you know make the argument Can't to everybody to Kathleen right. Kennedy and, all and that. say this yeah. this is what needs to happen? Right, I think right. it's probably a combo. Yeah. Um, I mean they had to. I mean they signed him up for it and they knew that and they uh, love him. Right. They knew uh, you know that they love him and but they also knew that. His style is totally different from JJ. JJ is a household name who makes blockbuster movies that right. you know exactly what you're getting when you go in. It's not going to be that surprising, but they're going to be great, really right. fun movies. Um, but Ryan Johnson has done Looper, Brick, some episodes of Bringing Bad. He's very much an auteur who does his thing and he has a vision. And they knew he was going to bring more of an indie vibe into this. Um, and they had faith in him to do it. Well, I read an interview with Ryan where he yeah. talked about this is a good way to sort of encapsulate he talked about how his biggest fear coming on to this movie was that it was going to feel like a very different thing than his other movies that are on such a smaller scale and he was worried that he was like i don't know if i'm going to be good at doing this thing if if my skills making indie films are going to translate to something Mm -hmm. so big yeah and he says my biggest relief going into creating this new trilogy that i'm going to create is that i now know Yep, it's it. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. It's on a bigger scale, but it's the same exact thing yeah. that he loves and is great at. Yeah. And that was great. I mean, and I really felt that. There was a certain facility and ease. Yeah, when yeah. I first saw those uh, – this is an interesting take. When I first saw the footage or the, the, the photos of him on um, the planet uh, wherever um, Luke is, the island. Yeah, yeah. Um, filming, and it says, first shot of, of uh, Last Jedi was just filmed. And I looked at him, and I was like, "Man, are, are you like, are you feeling okay? Are you a little stressed? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you like? Do, are you sure you're getting all your shots? Like, I would yeah, just really be freaking out if I were mind. him. Yeah, uh, to try to like this undertaking the mm-hmm. weight of that on his shoulders. Yeah. But he seems, he says, I don't even want to break. I feel energized. Yeah, I want to yeah. just jump in back into right now. Yeah, back into the work. So he is, he is, he's born to do this. Yeah. And boy, is he doing a great job. Yep. Okay, and then uh, going into episode nine, um, are you excited? Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, you, not at all. Do you wish it was Ryan? Um, I think JJ will be a good fit. I and, think so. And I think, well, there there may still be some touch of it. I mean, granted, episode nine has had the most convoluted history just in the lot because it not only has the script gone, uh, already yeah. been um, gone through different writers, but, of course, the big director change. Um, Which is but, in part why it needs Abrams right. back. But back on the original plan, Johnson wrote the original story for it. Um, back when Trevor was still directing, oh. and then there was so I still think at least some of his decisions and some of the will come. Especially into play with doing it. as yeah. well as I know that right. critics love this, I mean, and it's... also he and JJ are friends, and you know I mean JJ got a producer credit on this, and I mean and back when because um, he thought he was done with Force Wagons, and when he read the script for Last Jedi, he regretted not doing it because he said this was so good. It is so, so good. I think that even though they have very different styles. They are have you know a similar mindset when it comes to and a this. similar understanding about what quality yes, is. Yes. Yeah, that's so, interesting. I yeah no, I think it all come together. Although right different amount of lens flare. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, he's gotten better. It's it's a lot less okay. in his recent stuff. But okay. Um. All right, man. Well, then it's then it's time um okay. to to ranking. weigh in. Let's hear it. All right. So, What's the ranking of your favorite Star Wars movies from wor- from worst to best? Are you doing worst to best? All right. So. Worst, Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, Phantom Menace. Rogue One. I know. You know so, well, you agree with me, but like, yeah. um, Revenge of the Sith. And then Return of the Jedi. Force Awakens. Last Jedi. 
New Hope, Empire. Okay. So it's the top three are, and and actually the top five were hard. I mean, so there's a very big gap between Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. The top five were all are really even even though um, Return of the Jedi is you know number five and Empire is one. I still love both of those movies so a what's, lot. So. so what started happening between when we saw it on Thursday and now? I was putting this in the same sentence as Empire, but... No, I mean, no, no, they, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not no. saying you made any commitments. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the thought that you're thinking that it may even be the best Star Wars film yeah, since yeah. Empire yeah. or may even be better than Empire, right. as good as Empire, you never made any commitments, but you seem like you were... Pretty set on it. No, 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 okay. no. I'm, I'm trying to say it differently than that. Um, I'm trying to, like human say it yeah so the human way would be we waver about things always we wonder about like what we think of something rating it is very hard right how much of that like what is it that happened between then and now that made you think that nope definitely new hope is better definitely empire is better i mean again it's not by my because i did love this movie and it's in my top three now and but when i think about you know everything that new hope and empire mean to me and have been in there long it you know part of it is that it's been there longer um and there's moments i'm always gonna love revisiting over and over and over again uh this was i would say the most unique and ambitious star wars story put on film and i loved how innovative it was and ambitious it was but there is still i'm always gonna have a certain affinity for new hope and empire mm-hmm. um so but again it's not like i said the top five there on that list there's not a huge gap in between. They're all pretty, like, But this movie like, is definitively better than Force Awakens. Yes, so. yes. But I'm just saying, like, I love all the top five. It's the others that, you know, there's a big gap between Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith. So, right, right. Okay, cool. But, I, I mean, it's just, it, it was hard to, like, make that ranking because, you know, with everything Star Wars means to me and how long I've been a fan, I mean, diehard fan, it was hard making that list, you know. But, I mean... Just putting Last Jedi in the same sentence means a lot, you know, as Empire means a lot. Um, but yeah, it's just when I had to rank it, I still had to put just the special place that New Hope and Empire have in my heart for me, you know. I still keep them at the top, but Last Jedi is not far behind. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, interesting. Just, yeah. So, for me, it's been too long since I've seen. Um, the first six um, for me to definitively say. I mean, it's been a long time since I've watched See, because I watched New Hope and Empire like several times a year. So. Yeah, I don't. I <laughs> yeah. don't. Um, and so I'd say that right now, f- the way that I feel remembering all the other movies, and I watched them the, probably about two or three years ago, the whole trilogy again, and mm-hmm. then the prequel trilogy maybe a year or two before that. Um maybe yeah maybe about two or three years ago I watched all six in different times okay I would say I would definitely say that that I I think I enjoyed this movie more than I've ever enjoyed a Star Wars movie okay, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Um, I'm not gonna say definitively that it's a better movie although I'm inclined to say sure, that sure sure yeah um, be, the problem is you gotta put it in its time and say that what Star Wars did and what Empire Strikes Back did sure. in their era is just so groundbreakingly amazing and all that it influenced that it's very difficult to compare them. Right. They're almost incomparable. That's the thing. I'm, that's my personal ranking favorites list. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, of yeah, course. Yeah. Of course. Um, so that's where I fall. I'm going to say just of the new movies because those are fresh for me. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely Rogue One is by far the worst. Yeah. Um, Force Awakens is second. Yeah. Um, and then by a large margin. Yeah. 
um, Last Jedi is yeah, the best. Sure. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. I really was expecting to to only like it okay when I saw the trailer. I was like, all right, it looks yeah. pretty good. Um, I mean, obviously, it's Star Wars. I know it's going to be pretty great, but yeah. this just blew out every expectation oh, yeah, yeah. that I had. Absolutely. I mean, it is a – I was thinking about this hard. It's between a 9.3 and a 9.5 for me. Um, it's really it's tough. right at 9.5. Yeah, 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 it's right there for me. Be- only because of certain little decisions that while I was watching it, I was like, eh. But I, mean, I would. That's that. That's about the only. Thing. I would tweak things here and there, and some yeah, dialogue here. But, yeah, yeah. But but as an overall story, I mean, but it's people so... honestly saying lazy writing in this. What were you watching? Come on, like that's like you can disagree with some stuff here, but lazy. Come on. Like, I mean, the thing is a a love letter, a, a meticulously crafted love yeah. letter. Just uh, if you want to just pick one arc of one character and yeah. watch how it evolves over the movie, just yeah. pull that out and think from a writing perspective what they did for that character. Yeah. Then go pick another character out and see that. And then once you do that for a couple characters, start to look at how the entire movie is built, and, and then see together. what you and see what you start to think about lazy yes. writing. And 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 non like him his his meticulous care yes. for this film. Anyway, I, agree, I, I yeah. think I could prove it in a math equation that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. I know. So yeah. anyway, I could say it would take this much time to figure this out, and therefore, right, this is officially not lazy. Yes, yes. Um. Anyway, um. Cool. Well, well that was that. epic, man. Yeah, I mean, we was. there's just a lot to talk about. There that is. is a big movie. It was the longest Star Wars film ever. Yeah. Fully justifiably so. And man, did Ryan Johnson kill it. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, well, yeah. uh, why don't we uh, why don't we go into our our, our end where we talk about um, some little housekeeping things? And I yeah. understand you got some big, really good news recently. I did. Um, so this uh, I've had a good week because yeah, Star Wars came out Thursday. Then I got an email the next day that I got really excited about. Um, so I think the official announcement goes up today. So I can especially say it now because by the time the podcast goes up and everything. Um, so an artist friend of mine, uh, Andrew Herman, and I. We've been uh, collaborating on a short sci-fi comic together for a while. Um, we pitched it to one anthology that both of these anthologies Jordan had told me about. So props to him for um, giving me the info about it. Um, so pitched it to one anthology. It didn't make it into that. Um, but we pitched it to another. And I got an email on Friday that um, they definitely want my story uh, as part of the anthology. Um, now, granted, the this project still has to be kickstarted in February. So... I'll be blowing up everyone's news yeah. feeds then to promote we'll, it. We'll let you know um, at the time yes, where you can find absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, um, some support would be awesome. Um, but, I mean, yeah, so basically this anthology, it's called Corpus, a comic anthology of bodily ailments. Um, and what that means is that all of the stories are in some way connected to disability. And so um, just a quick tease about mine is a sci-fi story about this guy who has the condition I have, SMA, uh, and he leaves earth uh to try to find a better life among the stars and it's an interstellar travel story um so it's a lot of fun and uh you know just as far as where it's at yeah i've written the whole script um and it's gone through a couple rewrites and everything um so the script is good to go andrew has done concept art i have a letter as well um and yeah so it's officially in the works uh, that's awesome that is really exciting Um, um so yeah i'll have more official not to promote the kickstarter once that goes live but 
yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, because I only have a little one, I'm just going to say you can find me at Rich Lepore on Twitter. Um, and you can also find our, our web content at the joy of, uh, excuse me, at the joy of gaming.com. And that's for all of our podcasts. And um, soon we're going to be having a separate feed for just the joy of geek because we release a lot more of those and it deserves its own feed as well. They'll still be the one that's joy of gaming that has both. Um, but we're going to also have a separate joy of geek one. Um, that's in the works. Um, you can also find our written comment at thejoyofgeek.net. Um, and, and you can uh, find me at KWShafe. Yeah, I was going to say, where, where can we find you? Okay. At, K- at KWShafe on Twitter. I post links to everything I do with my job and the, uh, at sminewstoday.com and then podcasts, all of that. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Um, any other announcements? No, that was a good one. Awesome. Well, actually, Jordan, uh, he also um, got accepted into an anthology this week as well. So awesome. his is about, um, I forget the title, but it's about um, stories related to being a uh, person of mixed race. So cool. Be really cool. Very cool. I'm sure we'll hear more about that oh, yes. on our um, year end. So that's yes. another exciting thing. Yes, that's um, next on the list. Yeah, um, site um, um, site wide or, or podcast wide, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. going to be doing our end of lists. So the next, uh, there's still a gaming episode um, that may either have gone up before this or after this, but after that, um, it will be four consecutive episodes of best of 2017. Mm-hmm. We're going to do one on TV. One on film, one on video games, and one on comics, as we do every year. Yep. Um, hopefully, all of them will include Jordan, but at least some of them will. Um, and uh, we're really excited because yeah, that is so fun sure. to do. Oh, they're the best. Yeah. That is the most fun, and hopefully, they're really fun to listen to as well. Um, on that note, we're coming up on the two-hour mark. Don't want to go into Star Wars uh, Last Jedi territory. Um, so uh, I, I'm Rich Lepore. Kevin Schaefer. And we'll see you soon. Take care.